Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello wrestling fans and welcome once again to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, Aaron Maxson, and Kyle Army, the whole three stooges are here with you on this week's show. And uh, like I apologized for last week, I'm sorry, I know I, I'm, as Aaron said, I'm like Lee Marshall with the road report on WCW Monday Nitro. I uh, sound like I'm on the phone, but I'm waiting on my new mic to show up. But until then, we're going to use this shitty one. But welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We're glad to have you back on the show, Mr. Kyle. I'm glad. You know, this past week has been like the famous Charles Dickens book, A Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. <laughs> well, you're you're not you're not wrong. Um, I know, Aaron. You said you, Aaron. You said you haven't uh, haven't well, watched. I got to watch any I'll, of the modern product yet this week, but. Yeah, and I'll let you guys discuss some of that. And if what I, I've seen, I'll comment on. Or I, if I haven't seen it, I'll comment it on anyway. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to get it. I wasn't going to get into it with like a bunch of specifics about storylines and shit. Anyway, that wasn't well, fine. But I mean, I know you did watch NWA Power, and it was fucking amazing. That is awesome. Have you watched it yet, Kyle? Yes, yes, I did. And is it or is it I, not like I, the best thing in wrestling right now? <laughs> oh, it absolutely. I heard you guys you know, talking about how great it was. I was like, you know what? For you guys both to be, you know, raving this much, I have to go check it out. It's only an hour. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's, ain't that great? <laughs> it, oh my God. It's, it's on YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's one hour. Okay. It's one hour. And guess what else? Mm. Guess what else? People cut real promos. I mean, not even that. It's one hour. And guess what else? There's only two commentators. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> Who would have thought that would have worked? And, and like I said, or improvised organic promos like they should be. And I don't know. I got a bit of nostalgia when I saw the belt on the desk. It just, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was cool and when, when they're talking about the 10 pounds of gold. Yes. And you see that belt that fucking Harley Race has worn. Ric Flair has worn. You know... It just it and did brings that, a smile to your face. Was that ring, did that ring apron not look sharp? You know what I mean. Like oh, it, the, the whole thing, and, just, it looked. And my great. my main concern with it was that I was hoping it wasn't gonna be <coughs> like you know, like when like WWF, like WWE, like when they wanted to like do their. And I'm not knocking the WWE, but like you know, like they had like Vince come out in his like WWF blazer and right. all that. You know? Yeah. I was worried that they were going to be like, try to be like too nostalgic mm-hmm. to where it became like hokey. Have them wear like 70 suits or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was worried about, but they did the scaled back version, but did it modernized. It's like, so I, was like it, okay. it's like I said, it's like the best of old with a, with a, 
a, a big splash of new and just I mean it pr- and it proves it proves that in the modern environment with HD cameras and, and the way the wrestling scene is and everything you can still do a good studio wrestling show. Like I was really worried that they were gonna have like a Nick Aldis or somebody come out in like a like a nineteen eighties like purple Ric Flair suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't. He came out in a suit, but he came out in a suit that somebody would wear now. Well, in the same kind of suit he's been wearing since he won the title. I mean, you know, they, yeah. they didn't change anything about him. The only the only negative, there's two negatives about the show for me. One, they did have a little audio problems, whatever. That's something you figure out. Two, I'm actually kind of sad they changed the Josephus character because I liked the character the way it was. Um, I was a fan of that character when he was feuding with Tim Storm over the belt uh, last year. But or earlier this year, or whenever it was. But uh, other than that, I really have no criticisms. Of the, what are the, I didn't watch the 10 pounds His, his character was a, it wasn't Bray Wyatt, but it was a Bray Wyatt-ish kind of character, like a cult leader kind of character. Um, that that kind of a thing. Uh, but, and you know, now he's just, you know, guy in black tights. But And not that that's bad. I mean, he's, he's fine, but I liked his character before that. And maybe, maybe... So did he have like cronies with him and stuff? No, he actually had a a leader, like he had a spiritual advisor that was a lady that was his leader. But well, yeah, and and see, maybe maybe they're doing something smart in the fact that, that they might be attracting new, like going like, hey, we're gonna do this hour show now instead of doing like little fifteen minute YouTube clips. Right. Maybe they're smart enough to realize a lot of people weren't watching that. So let's start this Brocephus or jo- Josephus. Yeah, I can't jo- say his name. Josephus. Josephus, and maybe they'll get back to that. You know what I mean? Right. Like if this guy just shows up all of a sudden, he's got some cult leader lady with him. They're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" And now you gotta be like, "Well, he met this chick, and you know what I mean?" Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that's one of the problems with AEW is they just assume everybody knows who these people are. Mm-hmm. Not everybody knows who these people are. You know what the greatest thing about uh, NWA Power was? Hmm. And when you watch it, you're like, oh my god, it's amazing. There's not 15 billion cuts where they're trying to intensify the action by zooming in and zooming out. Right. They're just like, here it is, this is what it is, fucking enjoy it. Match in the ring, let's go. (laughs) You know, uh, I will say, uh, in my personal opinion, NXT has been fucking brilliant the last two weeks since the whole uh, Wednesday Night Wars started. Well, I got a, I got three things about NWA, and then I'll let you guys talk about NXT. Yeah, go ahead. I, I still got to catch up on NXT, and I watched the first episode of AEW. I'm in the middle of watching the second episode. Um, one of them is there was a guy on there, and... His name was Caleb Connolly, mm-hmm. and he lost his match. And remind me who he wrestled. Sorry, um, you're not going to remind me because you don't remember. I don't remember who he wrestled. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I'll, I'll look it up. But this Caleb Connolly guy, he was he was. Re- I liked him. I thought he had a good look. Um, another thought I had was, and I know I said I didn't want it to try to be like the old NWA and everything. 
But and I liked this guy from what I saw of him on Impact. But Eli Drake has the potential to be like, um, if you look at the old NBA, he has the potential to be like their Tully Blanchard. I think. Yeah, I can see that. This is this shit heel, and there's not anything like redeemable about him. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, because Nate, I know you're not like you know, as as big of a um, Tully Blanchard fan as I am, but he was like, he's a true heel. Like Tully was always a true heel. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. He so, never he never gave me nothing to love. No, and he was just always just a, a shit heel, and that's what I really think. Um, Eli Drake has the potential for, and then. The other thing, and Nate will know I'm not blowing smoke on this, is I think that the WWE um, dropped the ball on James Storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge, huge James Storm fan. It was it was it was funny. It was cool that like Josephus was calling for Storm, but that wasn't the Storm he was calling for. And yeah, then, and then James Storm came out. I thought that was a neat little thing they did. Yeah, and a little Eric Idle well, like rest commercial was funny. And then, and then the, the you you got me thinking about it when you mentioned James Storm, the James Storm Josephus thing was cool because that was like Memphis, like they fought all over the studio. Yeah, you know, like they they went over by the crowd and then they fought over in this corner and they fought over in that corner. It was like, damn, it's like Memphis. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Um, and then I know you said. Uh, you said Tim Storm reminded you of Paul Orndorff. Yeah, just the, and I know it's not the same type of wrestler or whatever, but he, he cut a pro like when he talks and stuff, he sounds like. He reminds me of Paul Orndorff. Mm-hmm. I can see it when I didn't see it before you said it, and then now that you said it, I I definitely can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. What you want? You don't want somebody that's like. Where it's an obvious ripoff. That's right. I'm, I'm dumb. Um, that's who um, Eli Drake wrestled before his promo was that, uh, or after his promo was that Caleb Connolly guy. Okay. Eli beat him, obviously, but it was it, that that guy had a good look to me, and I think that he's somebody that eventually they could do something with. And it's the first episode. But I'll tell you this, it's the first episode of a wrestling show where I was like, I don't need to give this a month to decide if I'm going to like it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. Like, I watched AEW and I was like, this was a good show. But I have a feeling there's going to be a couple where they upset me. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> they haven't done it so far and I'm 42 minutes into this show. But I'm sure there's going to be something on this show that I don't like. And I'm sure there's going to be something on NXT that I don't like. But I didn't see anything on NWA Power that I did not like. Right. Um, Kyle, you, you should just... talk about NXT now. That's fine. Kyle, Kyle, you brought up NXT. And I will say this. Although NWA Power is probably this week my favorite show that I've watched, that I watched from this week. Um, NXT, the past two weeks, um, I mean, normally, just like normally, but the past two weeks especially, they've definitely been the best in-ring show. Oh, man. 
I mean, it's not even. I mean, the match of the week or the match of the the past, the best match of the past two months has probably been of any organization has probably been Matt Riddle and uh, and Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, well, and then uh, just this past week, uh, uh, Walter versus um, Kushida. Kushida. Holy shit! <laughs> you want to talk about a good match? Like, I mean. But and not even just that, but the fact is, is like they brought fucking Finn Balor down. Yeah. And they're like, hey, here's Finn Balor, and he's NXT now. Well, with the first show, Finn Balor, and what a perfect time to bring back Ciampa. Yep. You know, and so, so of... now you you have three guys that are it's all revolving around like the world title. Right. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I I like the. Um, what do I want to say? I like the pacing of the show. Um, none of the matches are too got off long. Because, I mean, I love a good wrestling match, but, like, I'm going to use Raw as an example. And I know why it happens. It's because it's three fucking hours long. But they will have matches on there that could be really, 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 really good matches if they would cut seven fucking minutes off of them. You know what I mean? God damn, this match is long. And, well, it's, and it's almost silly because it's like the matches that you think should have the time to go, don't. they're cut short. <laughs> yeah. And then the matches that you, it's like, like I don't need to see Zami Zayn versus fucking, I don't know, like fucking. I, Adam Cole and Matt Riddle gave me one of the best matches I've seen all year, and they did it in 14 minutes. Perfect. Yep. They didn't go 35 fucking minutes, four cut commercial breaks. You know, I mean, and you go through so many commercial breaks, and I granted, I don't watch, I don't have, I don't, I just, I just watch internet. I have Hulu, Netflix, blah blah blah, so I don't have to deal with a lot of commercials except on Hulu. But like, if I'm watching Raw, and some match is like 30 minutes long, every single time they take a commercial break, it takes me out of the match. Yep. And they just run it. They'll run a match through like two or three commercial breaks, and it's like, well, hell, I can't, I can't stay invested in this fucking match. I'm sorry, I just can't. Well, you, and you always know when it's coming too, because they'll throw on a fucking headlock. Yeah. Or just be like, all right, fans, we'll be right back after this. And it's like, all right, when they come back, the heel's gonna have the advantage. <laughs> well, if the match is only ten minutes long, when do they give people time to do their? This is awesome. <laughs> Awesome. And as far as you know, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, go ahead because uh, we're still talking about. I was just gonna say, um, the the um, the commentary team on NXT is is doing a really good job too. Even though sometimes Morrow kind of shoots in his shorts a little too much, um, he's still really good. Nigel McGuinness is a fantastic color commentator. Um, and you know what? Surprisingly, to me, uh, Beth Phoenix adds a lot to the team. Like when she first started commentating, when they, when they first showed her that she was going to be on the commentating team, I was like, eh, fuck. She's actually not too bad. She's actually, I think she's better than, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Renee Young. Renee Young. Yeah. Like, I want to go to a wrestling show. And you know what I want to start? I want to be like, this is okay. <laughs> oh, but you know what's not okay? That was decent. <laughs> and you know, you know what wasn't decent? And I'm sure 
wrestling, every, everybody, all our fans have already heard everything about it, but I don't think we've had a chance to talk about it. But how in the fuck does WWE, in the biggest two, three weeks that they could have possibly ever had, provide WrestleMania, fuck everything up? See, I mean, royally fuck it up. To the point where you you promote that, oh, Steve Austin's going to be on SmackDown, and Sting's going to be there, and Hogan's going to be there, then they don't show up. And that, that was... Need- that was that's what I was about to say. The the um, the biggest the big and I'll get I'll get back to the next thing in a minute. But you brought this up, so I'm just going to talk about it now. The biggest miss of the past two weeks is the biggest move. You would think that the move to to Fridays on Fox for SmackDown would be the biggest thing in the world, but it's the biggest miss. But I almost saw this coming, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, hear me out. I said this a long time ago, back when they announced that they were going to Fox. And back when I had been saying for two years, and I know you guys are probably thinking, oh, he's, he's, he's wrong because it's been two years. Eventually, Vince McMahon's selling this company, probably to a big company like Fox or Disney. But the, the, the move to Fox is a great thing for WWE as a publicly traded company. The move to Fox is not a great thing if you want to see real go back to what we love about wrestling wrestling because it is now part of fox sports it is now part of that conglomerate and what you're going to get is vince mcmahon saying look fox executives kane velasquez he's mainstream mainstream that's what you're gonna get and you know what though i don't think the kane velasquez thing is a bad thing i'm not saying that i'm not shitting on that but you are no, gonna, but... you are gonna get a lot. It's you think you think shit was sanitized before. SmackDown is Here... gonna be very sanitized now. I this promise. This is what I This is I thought of this analogy, and you can tell me if I'm stupid. Okay. Hmm. The WWF is McDonald. Uh, WWE is McDonald's. Okay, hmm. you're McDonald. And. There's this McDonald's, and it's sitting there, and it's just raking in the money. And now, there's a food truck. They're selling burgers, and everybody's like, man, these burgers are great. You know? These burgers are delicious. <clears throat> and then there's this little mom-and-pop burger joint that they're selling their burgers, and they're really good. Like, you know, they get their meat, they get their burgers from the local butcher, like right there. And... There's people that are going to these local mom and pops, and, and they like them, but McDonald's doesn't look at that as competition because people are still lining up around the block, okay, yep. to get these form-fitted, pre-made burgers that are cheap and they're quick. And they're easy to digest. And guess what? Guess what? And, and guess what? Nasty. They know they know the mom and pop are over there, so they'll they'll have a couple little burgers that you might like that are a little different. Bistro style. Like like, oh, we'll have the we'll have the we'll have the burger you might like that's a little different than Diab- the Big Mac. The Diablo burger with a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> 
Like, like we'll have that burger, but we're gonna we're gonna put it down at the bottom of the menu because all we want you to look at is the Big Mac. You know. So then, the 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 main mass group of people are like, I want Big Mac, I want Big Mac, and then there's a couple people that are like, you know. I'll take that international burger that you got on the menu because they do have an international menu. I'll take that because it's delicious and I like it and it tastes different. Where other people are like, why the fuck are you eating that? Have you never had a Big Mac? Does that make sense? Yes, because because even though even though the mom and pop burger shop has a better burger, NASCAR is putting McDonald's on their car. Yeah. And even though the mom and shop, mom and pop shop, have a better burger. It might cost you five dollars to eat it, but you, you can go and get four of the McDonald's burgers <laughs> for five dollars. Yes, we damn so, sure get fucking damn sure for nine ninety nine. You get fucking fifteen matches and seven hours on WrestleMania. <laughs> And, and and the mom and pop burgers are tasty, but they'll never be able to compete financially. Never. And that's what I hope AEW, NWA, MLW, that's what I hope these guys know. Well, and that's that was my next thing. We're, I know we're only two weeks in, okay? I know we're only two weeks in. And I'm and 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 I'm not saying that their show is bad, and I'm not saying that. I mean, I want the competition. You know, we're wrestling fans. We want the competition because that makes everybody better. That gives us all more to choose from, et cetera, et cetera. And I know they're only two weeks in, but AEW. I, I don't want to use the word overrated. I, I don't want to use that word. Their show is their their show isn't a bad show. But I'm going to be perfectly honest with anybody listening that has a big fat fucking heart on for AEW. I've watched both of their shows so far and it, it, it reads like another WWE brand. It's not, they're not doing anything to differentiate themselves. They'll say we have really good matches. Well, you know what? WWE has really good fucking matches too. You know what I mean? I mean, Seth Seth Rollins and Randy Orton have a really good fucking match. That's not the point, but I mean, AEW has not done anything anything yet to me to differentiate themselves from general wrestling product there's a faction okay there's a heel faction where that beats up all the baby faces at the end of the show both weeks in a row hey cool i'm not hating on it but you're not shaking up the world because the nwo did that 20 years ago evolution evolution did that 13 years ago or whatever. Well, it's, 15 a staple, years ago. it's a staple of wrestling that you always. I understand, and again, I'm not hating on it. I'm not, but it's not this, this, this second coming of Christ thing that some of these people are making it out to be. I think they like it, and I understand why they like it. And again, I'm not hating on it, but it is not. There, I don't, I don't booking the way they're booking now. I don't see it having staying power, and that's bad. Look, in my personal opinion, it's my opinion, and if you, if our fans listening disagree with it, I completely understand. But to me, when everyone's like, oh, AEW, wins and losses, they mean something, and we're going to change professional wrestling. And I have seen a fucking guy pour fucking shit all over himself to get out of a fucking mood hold. I saw 
Last week, a motherfucker skateboard. Skateboard down the goddamn ramp. They hated, Tell it. Me they hated that when Johnny Ace did it. Oh, wait, he didn't skateboard. He just ran well, down the ramp. No, well, he, he had fallen off. But I, like I said, the, the problem is, is that... There are things, honest to God, there are things that I have seen on that show that if WWE did it, people would bitch about it. Being honest, that there are things that I've yeah. seen on that show where they would, you know, just like the, the I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of something that stuck out in my mind when I was watching. Uh, Perfect watched, example. If, if, if it had been WWE and fucking... Baron Corbin or fucking Bobby Lashley come out and cut the promo that Chris Jericho cut with his group of lackeys. They're going to be like, oh, fuck. Another fact. Oh, God, here we are. You're fucking spending 10 minutes fucking cutting promos instead of wrestling. <laughs> but because it's Chris Jericho and he drinks the bubbly. A little bit of bubbly. Which is funny, by the way. I say it all the time. But anyway. <laughs> no, it is. Like, don't get me wrong. Chris Jericho's an entertaining motherfucker. I mean, he really is. But... That's the problem. It's that people are going to sit there and they're going to be like, "Well, you know, it's all oh, he's that was a really good promo." Instead of looking at it like, "No, oh, fuck Jericho, he's a prick." And 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 I, I dare someone, please, to tell me after all the hooting and hollering that he did when he left the WWE, anything that John Moxley has done differently in AEW that he didn't do in the WWE as Dean Ambrose. What? I mean, I mean, I thought the thing, Aaron, I know you haven't watched the whole show yet. Have you gotten to the Moxley match yet? No. Well, spoiler, if you want to not listen, but they have a segment at there. They have a thing at the end of the show of his match. He, he, at the end of his match, Omega comes out. And Omega's got a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and a broom mat. Yeah, I read about okay. that. I heard about it. It's silliness. And it, I mean, it's silliness. It's wrestling silliness. It is what it is. But that's no different than anything that something WWE wouldn't have done. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't know. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to be down on AEW. I'm trying to say I don't, I don't think that it has been this earth-shattering thing that it's being made out to be, I guess. The first person... Like everybody's talking about, you talk like, about shaking up the wrestling world. Billy Corgan shook it up. <laughs> less pe- less talking, people like, notice, but um, like people are talking about, like who's going to be the next guy to jump from like WWE to AEW. Mm. I can't wait for that little Sammy Guevara guy to jump to the WWE. <laughs> And you know why? Why? Because like his first night in, I want him to like that. Like I want him to hype him for like two weeks, three weeks. Sammy Guevara is coming to the WWE. Sammy Guevara is coming to the WWE, and then he comes out because I like. I'm going to preface this by saying I like Sammy Guevara. I think he looked. He's a cocky little shit heel. I like it. Okay, mm-hmm. so they hype him for like three or four weeks, and and um. He finally comes out, and he's got, like, his panda suit on, you know? Yeah. And Vince McMahon comes out and just clocks him in the back of the head with a chair. <laughs> so he gets his 2002 loss back. <laughs> oh, 
Mm. Oh, uh, what the fuck? What's that? What was that kid's name? Zach Gowan? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You went a long. You get the joke. You, you, you have you have crossed many miles of desert to get to the point of this joke, my friend. <laughs> you get it? Yes. What's the joke? Well, I I thought you were comparing that he looked like Zach Gowan. No. Oh. In 2002, Vince McMahon and the WWE lost to the World Wildlife Fund. Oh shit! And their logo is a panda. I didn't have the visual in my head. I'm sorry of the panda. I missed like I I, that skipped by me. I guess I was I was thinking of a I was thinking of a runty looking little guy beating Vince McMahon. No. The panda beat Vince, oh. and now Vince beats the panda. <laughs> oh, fucking, he would, too. Damn it, that was a good joke. And man. it was two jokes. You're welcome. <laughs> and then... I wasn't, even, I wasn't thinking about the fucking peg leg guy. <laughs> well, and our fans would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about it. The fucking Hell in the Cell debacle. Now, for all intents and purposes, I had the, I had not watched Hell in the Cell until later that night. The, and Nate Nate put a, a fucking post out. Didn't reveal the, what happened. He just I said... I don't like to put spoilers. Yeah, he just said, that was a shit finish. So going into it, I'm like, I'm like, well, like, why? Why was that a shit finish? I was like, it couldn't have been that bad. Like maybe, Nate a, maybe Nate was having a bad night. Like maybe he just you know. <laughs> I was like after nine tacos. <laughs> that was a shit finish. And just God, I watched it, it. <laughs> and holy shit! Like I didn't. I nothing could have prepared me for that. The pay per view itself was a marginal pay per view, which usually be pay per views are. I wasn't expecting a great show. It was decent. The show was decent, and. And until the fucking clown show shit started in the last, what, seven minutes of that match, the match wasn't a bad match either. That was a shit finish. Like, that is one of the worst finishes in the history of that company. Ever. I I just, I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I really and truly could not fucking believe it. You know, the worst part about it is it was easily avoidable. They painted themselves into a corner with that match. I said the minute they gave the shot to him, to the Fiend at Hell in a Cell, they're jumping the gun on the Fiend. They're jumping the gun on this character. And then you get to the match, and you're like, well, what the fuck do we do? We can't. We, he, we don't want him to beat Seth, but we can't let the Fiend be defeated yet. Well, you paint yourself in the fucking it? corner. Why couldn't they revert? Why, why didn't the Fiend fucking bury... If they were going to go with that finish, then they should have put Seth underneath all that shit mm-hmm. and had the Fiend be the one to fucking push it too far. And then the worst part was they tried to push it at the end of the match. Like, oh, this this Fiend character, I, I saw the story they were trying to tell, although they told it stupidly. They were trying to tell the story of this Fiend character's finally pushed Seth Rollins over the edge. And then, come Monday night, they don't even fucking follow up on it. I know it was because they thought the crowd was going to shit on it. You can turn the crowd. You can turn the crowd down. You've done it before. Just fucking. If you're gonna go, go balls deep and, and get it done. 
Yeah, so you, you do this stupid shit the night before to try to tell this story, and then the night after, you don't even follow up with it. At least when they did it to John Cena, like, at least Bray had, like, horses of little children and sheet masks. <laughs> like, it was a fucking, at least it was, like, a couple weeks build to, like, Cena being like, oh, this guy's pushed me to the edge. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was so, it was just, like I said, the match wasn't bad. The pay-per-view wasn't terrible, but that finish ruined it. That finish ruined the entire pay-per-view. It was awful. It was like that uh, fucking, uh, Aaron will probably remember which pay-per-view it was. Remember when they did that um, non-finish with Taker and Lesnar in like 03 or 04? Maybe. When they, when they went through the, like the stage or whatever, and... It was an unforgiven, I think. I'll have to look it up, but it, it was just such a letdown, and that's the way this finish came off. It was just, it was such a letdown. And it was creatively stupid, and it, like I said, they painted themselves into the fucking corner, and they did not, they did not find an easy way out because, uh, yeah, that's and, and and it sucks too because I love that character, and it, now it's gonna be all fucked up. <laughs> just, just fuck it up. Go ahead. Just why not? You did something good. Fuck it up. Uh, and that's that's the sad part about it. Is that's the story of the past ten years with that company. You know, they give you something really good, and then they fuck it up. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, but, okay. And real quick, uh, I, we we gotta get to the uh, our questions stuff because I know we got some fans that asked some pretty cool questions here, but. I'm, I understand the point of Kane Velasquez. I understand the point. I understand all that. Why the fuck are they pushing this, like, for fucking uh, Crown Jewel? I know. Crown Jewel is like a bigger deal to them than WrestleMania now. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And not even just that, but then this, what's what's this other guy? Tyson guy? Tyson Fury. And Braun Strowman. That's like a WrestleMania match. And they're just like, fuck it. We got uh, we got to give the fucking we're gonna Saudis. Give, we're gonna give it to our Saudi blood money brothers. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so I'll never see it. <laughs> yeah, what? And that was the thing. It's like, and I really, honest to God, honest to God, I think that uh, I think that they're gonna do some uh, just real quick, and then we'll take a break. But I think they're gonna do something screwy with this Lesnar Kane Velasquez match this time. But I really do think Cain Velasquez is going to come out of this thing WWE champion. Um, I think that's where this is going. I think I think that, again, I think Fox wants him to be the champion. And I think that's what's Rough. going down. I don't know if it's going down at Crown Jewel or not. I don't know if it's going to, like, you know, there's something's going to happen there that prolongs the feud or what. But um, I, think, I think that by the end of the year, he's going to be the WWE champion. Well, like, okay, real quick. To, they just signed into a big fucking money contract. Before we go to the break, uh, I was excited. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, they're going to have Team Player versus Team Hogan for Survivor Series. What a fucking, <laughs> what a brilliant idea. Like, they're actually going to have, like, a fucking reason for Survivor Series. Nope. We're going to fucking do it at Crown Jewel. Team Player and Team Hogan. Women aren't allowed to watch it. I was like, "What the? F- what are we doing, guys?" That's why. That's why Flair dropped his lawsuit. Saudi money, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. <Woo>. <sighs> All right. Well, let's take a break, guys, 
And when we come back, we'll get to the meat of the show this week, which is uh, questions. We are going to ask each other some questions. I also posted earlier in the evening on Facebook um, for the opportunity for listeners to ask some questions, too. And we do have a few of those. So when we return with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, we will get to that. And there's some pretty smart questions, too. Yes, sir. Right after this. I will give them... Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Time for all of us uh, hosts to issue some questions to each other. Should uh, result in some really good conversation here. But before we do that, I want to remind you, you can join our Facebook group, Feel Free, uh, the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group, and you can like our Facebook page as well. But if you join the Facebook group, we have conversations on there. We have funny memes on there, and you can participate in the show, which we're going to do right now, before we post questions to each other. You, the fans, are the star. Let's go to some fan questions here. The first real, one... Real, real quick, what, what the fuck is a Billie Eilish? Billie, I, I don't know. I'm 41, yeah. I don't know. A pop culture is I, I, beyond me. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It's fucking... Is this something that you can clear up? Is this one of your questions, Kyle? Is this <laughs> is this something that you can clear up with uh, with, a cream? with topical ointment or something like? <laughs> I have no idea what a Billie Eilish is. I'm gonna have to research I, that. Fucking idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> None of us do, Aaron. So don't worry, you're not alone here. I was I was watching Saturday Night Live and they had Billie Eilish on there. And is she's a singer? a singer, and it's well, fucking horrible. God awful. Let's let's dissect Billy Eilish. Let's dissect the problem with the sentence that you just said. I was okay. watching Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Unless you're watching it like on Netflix. <laughs> And it's any season before, like, maybe 1999. The fuck are you doing? I'm bored. <laughs> lonely. Fucking and... go kill rats in the alley or something. Don't watch Saturday Night Live. It <laughs> was some questions. All right. Listeners, we're going to go with a listener question first. Uh, I'll let you two answer before me. Listener Nick Francis would like to know, what if there was never a Stone Cold Steve Austin? Would the Attitude Era have been as popular? It would have been unwatchable. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because without Steve Austin and the whole Mr. McMahon thing, all you would have had was Vince Russo's fucking, uh, fucking miscarriage and putting matches and. Now to that though, I will say there would still be a Rock, the well, Rock. Okay. There would still be the Rock and Mick Foley, but I, I, I mean, I know what you're saying because McMahon Austin occupied so much of the program, so you would have had so much more like Beaver cleavage type shit. Mm-hmm. 
And it really, if you go back and watch, I mean, honestly, if you go back and I hate to say it because at the time I thought I loved it, but if you go back and watch the Attitude Era, it is actually like 70% boring. Like a lot of it's really boring. I don't know. It, to me, it is now. Well, then what it, I put, you see fucking Hawk getting thrown off the Titantron because he has an addiction problem. It's like, do I really need to fucking see this? What I put, if you guys care, is that um, first things first, if you're looking at when Steve Austin became Steve Austin, okay, mm-hmm. and started like evolving. Uh, hold on, so before, before you say that, Aaron, uh, real quick, just I want to throw this in here because Nick's question can be plausible. It can be very plausible because... He broke his neck. Exactly. Before the Attitude Era started, there was a there was a possibility he was never going to be able to wrestle again. So this was so, a distinct possibility. So try, stop trying to scoop my heat. Try to scoop my heat. Scooped. But anyway, I was going to say that. Pull my brains out. That's what I've been doing for months. If there wouldn't have been a Steve Austin, okay. There still might have been an attitude era, or there still would have been an attitude era. It would have looked a lot different. There wouldn't have been the Mr. McMahon character. And I do believe that eventually, and I know this is going to sound insane, but in the wrestling business, The Rock would have been even bigger than he was. Because if you don't have Steve Austin, there's nobody else that can touch Dwayne Johnson, okay, from what he, what he eventually became. Um, you would have seen... Um, also, I do believe this, you would have seen Ken Shamrock as the WWF champion. They were headed that way. Because before Steve caught on fire, and before they realized, oh shit, Steve Austin is going to be something, they were going with Ken Shamrock. Mm -hmm. So, there would have been an Attitude Era, but it would have been a lot different. Like... Do you think the, that the, they the the Rock Stone Cold like trilogy and that 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 feud would have been the Rock and Ken Shamrock? Do you think that, that if if Austin hadn't blown up and you remember when Ken Shamrock challenged uh, Mike Tyson, you think we would have seen Tyson versus Shamrock at WrestleMania? I think it, I, I don't know if you would have seen Mike Tyson versus Ken Shamrock, but you would have probably seen The Rock versus Ken Shamrock with Mike Tyson as the ref. I think you would have seen Michaels and Shamrock with Tyson as the ref. That's that's possible too. I mean, but but Ken Shamrock, if there was no Stone Cold Steve Austin, people would talk about Ken Shamrock a lot different than what they do now. Other than Nate, Nate I, wonder, I wonder if get out, you, I wonder if get out of my way T-shirts would have sold as well as Austin three sixteen T-shirts. Or what about the fact that like supposedly that Owen Hart was set for like a major title run with Michaels? You imagine fucking Owen versus Sean with with Shamrock. With well, and if they would if they would have went with Shamrock as the top guy, like Aaron's saying, you may have seen an Owen thing because I. I I don't think Shamrock would have been able to draw like a like. Obviously, I don't think Shamrock would. I, I don't know. I don't think Shamrock would have been a draw. 
Because because he I, to me in my mind I was never a huge fan anyway. But <clears throat> by the time after WrestleMania's feud with The Rock, the dude kind of petered out to me. I mean, I just you know he lost steam very quickly to me. And I, I mean I know that has a lot to do with Austin being there because his push became different. But I just oh. think I just think that that I don't know if I don't know if Shamrock had the staying power. If, I guess is what I'm saying as a top draw. He didn't have he didn't have the uh, the charisma. It was a one trick pony boy. Now don't get me wrong, Ken Shamrock's a badass. No, but no, no doubt. I, I truly, I truly think that if he had not had Austin, that it would have been Owen Hart, and it would have been like the whole like you screwed my brother. As and as much as I love Owen, I don't know if he could have drawn. You know, and that's like, the thing with the Attitude Era. Okay, the Attitude Era was completely different than anything else that came before it because um, the promotion was the draw yeah and it wasn't this is the guy that's bringing in the house it was these are the five guys that are bringing that are drawing the house you know like like say whatever you want to say about like a Ricky Steamboat or Randy (laughs) Savage or um, Ultimate Warrior. At the end of the day, if Hulk Hogan wasn't on the card in the '80s, it wasn't going to make as much money. Right, right. Everybody want to be on Hogan's show. Yeah, but in the WWF Attitude Era, it wasn't. And, and Steve Austin was the guy, you know, but he wasn't the only guy. Right. You know what I mean? So, and and, and that's just why I think like. Like I said, Ken Shamrock probably would. There's no doubt that Ken Shamrock wouldn't have been as big of a draw as Steve Austin and made as much money and sold as many shirts. But it still would have been the Attitude Era, and there still would have been a Vince Russo, and there still would have been edgier writing. There still would have been an Attitude Era. Before Steve became Steve, they were still going in that direction. Mm -hmm. That was the end game. It was going to wind up there. It just wouldn't have been as successful as it was without Steve Austin. Does everybody? Does I, I don't know if maybe they do or not, but I don't know if like a lot of our fans. I don't know what our age frame is, but like if you go back and look at early Steve Austin, like when he became Stone Cold, he wasn't what you know him as. No, like after he dropped the Ringmaster thing, like he said that like he went after or he like uh modeled himself after um, oh, Richard Kuklinski, who was a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And Steve Austin was very much like that, that stone cold. Well, even before he got away from that, or even after he got away from that, Steve Austin, like the stone cold Steve Austin character now, or even when he was feuding with Vince, he was... He was the redneck guy that everybody liked to hang out with and was like, yeah, fuck that guy, you know? Yeah, fuck them suits, you know? The after I'm cold, I'm stone cold. When in like 96, he wasn't like, I'm the everyman and I'm going against the boss. He was an asshole. If you put the S in front of Hitman, 
Yeah, like like Steve Austin from like '96 until like he won the belt with Dude Love, and he showed like his little bit of fun side or whatever. He was a fucking dick, and that's my favorite Steve Austin. This dickhead Steve Austin. If you can find it, go back and watch the live wire, like right before uh, Bret Hart decides if he's coming back for I think it's. It's either Survivor Series or WrestleMania. Survivor Series, 96. Survivor Series. But fucking Austin's on fucking Livewire with Todd Bentengale and Sonny. And good God, it's fucking brilliant. All right. I'm going to pose my questions to my co-hosts here. Like and, uh, all your questions in a row? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. First question. We're going back to 1989. Okay. Uh, the WWF, we're talking like 88, 89. It's that time frame. The WWF has signed the Brain Busters, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson. At, at a certain point, they have Barry Windham under contract during this time, too, as the Widowmaker. And Ric Flair confirmed in his book that the WWF was kind of making overtures to him at this time. And at this time, he decided to stay with the NWA. My question to you guys is, 89... WWF signs Ric Flair. So they have Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham. Do you think Vince puts do you think Vince puts the horsemen together in the WWF? No. Do you think yes. that do you think that happens? No. Yes. Okay, Aaron says no. Why? Because it wasn't a Vince McMahon creation. So you don't think he even would have put them together like all with Heenan? No. Like, as, a, as a unit? Nope. Hmm. Kyle, you say yes. Why? Yes. He even has J.J. Dillon. He yeah. still wouldn't have done it. <laughs> because what is a better package deal for Hulkamania than the Four Horsemen? That he has to go through everyone it's to get to the It's the Twin Towers, now see, now, see, but see... And I, I, it's funny because I, I kind of fall, I fall in the middle on it. You, you say yeah, you say no, Aaron, Kyle. You say yes. I say yes, no, <laughs> because of what I just said. I Are you think, Wesley. <laughs> yes, no, no, yes. I, I think that the, I think he would have, he would not obviously have called them the Four Horsemen, but I do think that you would have wound up with. With Flair being managed by Heenan. Uh, hold on, hang on, because the whole like, well, it's not a Flair, it's not a Vince creation. Like, I don't think that was the point in like '89, because he was allowing guys to use like it was like Roddy Piper. He didn't try to change Roddy Piper. He didn't try to change Hulk Hogan. He didn't try to change Randy Savage. It was kind of like in that time, it was him like. Oh, I need to use their star power. I think he would have used the Four Horsemen, the name the Four Horsemen, to fucking be like, yeah, the Four Horsemen used to be in NWA, but now they're here in the real world of pro wrestling. See, that's where I th- that's that's the part I disagree with you on is that I don't think he would have called them the Four Horsemen, but I think he would have put them all together as part of the Heenan family. I think he would have let you see them together as a unit in the WWF, right. but I don't think he would have used the name. Just because, like Aaron said, I don't know that. 
I don't know that he would have. It's, even if they're all managed by Bobby Heenan, they're still not together, though. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like even when Bobby managed all these different guys, they weren't like, like a united force. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe at Survivor Series you'd see all of Bobby's guys together, or at the Royal Rumble you'd see all his guys together. <sighs> they could do the obligatory argument of. Uh, we're a solid group, but now all of us want to win, so we have a little cheeky argument, and Bobby's like getting in between them. Except, but, except Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with Andre during that Rumble promo. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love it. Like Arn just backs off, like, "Yeah, Andre's going to win." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that type of thing. They would do that with the Heenan family, but like you know, on. Like the Brother Love show, like Hercules, Rick Rude, and um, Andre didn't come out and be like, "We're one united group." Right? You know what I mean? I'm not saying they wouldn't have been managed by Bobby, but it wouldn't have been what it was on the end. Right. Well, and that's the reason why the Heenan family never ended Hulkamania because they couldn't, just couldn't fucking get on the same fucking page. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, All right, well, that's, that, that answers that's the that way. one. That's a good question. So my next question is, you got to pick one team during the 80s wrestling boom where WWF had the greatest ta- assembly of tag teams in the history of wrestling. Oh. One team that didn't win the tag championships that should have had a run with the titles in the 80s. In the eighties, mm. yeah, the eighties, like let's say eighty-seven to to ninety, because that's when it was probably the best, the thickest. My my answer is going to be kind of kind of fucking uh, a cop out, but like they technically won them, but like they never like officially won them. But the Rockers, okay, like they. Like, yes, they technically won them, but because the fucking rope broke. Yeah, it was never recognized. Never recognized. Yeah. yeah, like that, to me, for as great of a team as they were, like the fact that they never got a chance to have the titles and run, or a title run with all the great tag teams, because, I mean, fucking think about that. That's perfect. Because mm-hmm. can you imagine the Rockers as a heel fucking tag team? Or the rocker, were, the rockers as champions defending against demolition, or you know, yeah. I mean, I see that, and, and they they're up. They weren't that. They weren't the answer I had to this question, but they're definitely a good answer. And they were one of the better tag teams of that era. So yeah, I can totally see them as like a. I I I don't know that I see. I don't know that I see the. The rockers, the to be a heel tag team champions, they would have had to dump that whole gimmick. Right, but I'm saying like towards towards the end when it was like because really when you think about it, the Rockers towards the, the, only, the only way the only way you can make those guys a heel tag team is if they had the right manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Sherry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or. Um, yeah, Sherry. I think Sherry would have been the best for them as heels. But can you imagine them coming out like being cocky and being like, "We're the fucking best," and like they're always like managed to just fucking squeak by mm-hmm. with the titles? I mean, to me, that just yeah, it would have been fun. 
Aaron, what's your because, answer? Because everybody no, in that crowd knows they could beat their ass. Right. <laughs> yeah. Little shit heel tag team. Love that shit. <laughs> Aaron? Well, I've been sitting here debating because I had two teams and they're drastically different. I want to see if you and I both have the same one. Can I tell you what my um, runner-up runner up was? Sure. Runner-up is the Twin Towers. I really like the Twin Towers. They weren't my pick, but they were a okay. fan. I, I got to meet the one-man gang last weekend. Cool yeah. fucking dude. I got to, wa- I got to watch you. And you know what? <laughs> Funny story, not to get off topic. And I, I told you he's going to grab you, and, and you were he... like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've watched him grab four people. You, know, you mean <laughs> like by the pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Got to have my picture taken with he, 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 I have a I have an Akeem Hasbro on the card, and he signed that for me. But I want to tell you, folks, oh. I want to tell you, Kyle, I didn't get to tell you this story. I'm an Aaron, Aaron, since you brought it up, it's we're in the moment. I don't know if we'll get back to it. I told him, I said, I thought in the 80s, you and Ray Trailer were a fantastic tag team, very entertaining and very underrated. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what, brother? You're right. We were fucking underrated. <laughs> it was just, it was great. I mean, it, it, it good, very, very cool dude, down to earth, had a conversation with me, didn't treat me like a piece of shit fan that, you know, in and out, get your autograph, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Twin Towers, good pull. Now, who's your, who's your uh, numero uno there, bro? I am going to put the tag team championships on the fabulous Rougeau brothers. That is exactly who I picked. Mm-hmm. Talk about a shit heel tag team. Pull. You talk about a shit heel tag team for baby faces to. Yeah, I'm. I. You watch that era of the WWF, and it's amazing those guys never got a run with the belt. They were so good and such good shit heels with Jimmy Hart. The pa- the whole package just. It would have been great. It would have been great. Let the Hart Foundation and the Rockers chase the Rougeos for six months. Uh, and, and and like. People talk about like now they talk about oh Jacques Rougeau, and he wasn't like the most popular guy in the in the in the locker room, you know. It's like well, if he got heat with the locker room, it's the old expression that you hear a lot of wrestling people say is if you got heat in the locker room, you're gonna have heat with the fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and Jacques Rougeau just came off as such a prick and. <laughs> And I, I like Raymond Rougeau, but I am such a fan of everything that Jacques Rougeau ever did. What I was about to say too, if you would, if you would, um, if you would have those guys, because the best way, the best way to come to the end of a tag team and break them up is to have the championships involved, especially, especially when they're brothers or something like that, or so close, you know, like. You could have you could have turned a tag title run by those two into a like you could have had because I think Ray Rougeau would have been a decent babyface singles. Yeah. So you could have had you know your shit heel brother Jacques and your your babyface brother Raymond at the end of their you know at the end of their tag reign at the end of their run and you could have turned that into another year long feud between those two. Yeah. But so. I think I think the Rougeau brothers are a 
Yeah, that was my call but too. If you're throwing it on the carpet and you're asking, yeah, I would. If if I had to pick a team, it would be them. They could have had a good six to eight month run as tag team champions. So now my next question. Maybe two oh. years. I don't know. <laughs> my next question is. A lot of people talk about Starcade 97 and that it's ironic ironic that that show was the biggest show in the history of that company. But it was also the beginning of the downfall of that company. So WCW Starcade 97 Sting Hulk Hogan and what mm-hmm. what they fucked it all up. You know, like we talk about the WWE all the time. They give you something good and then they fuck it all up. They fuck that finish up, the shit after it just totally devalued Sting. So my question is, even if they do that finish right, even if it's satisfying, even if Sting, even if Sting beats Hogan, you're done with the NWO. That's the end of the NWO. Hogan goes away for six months. Sting gets to be the top babyface, like we've been building up to for two years. Does WCW have a better chance in the Monday Night War, and is Sting, at the end of the day, the guy that can carry that company? Does WCW have a better chance of survival if they do the end of that match and that angle correctly? No. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I got, I got, all right. Kyle answered first. No. Why do you say that? Okay. Here's the problem with, with Sting. Now, don't get me wrong. I was a huge, huge Sting fan in 97. 96, 97, Sting was my fucking guy. I love the fact that he fucking was dark and mysterious, come down from the rafters, like he was the hero for WCW. But that is the problem. Once he vanquishes Hulk Hogan, what do you do then? Because his biggest, his what made him a star was being that recluse, hiding away from the NWO, and fighting against the NWO. If you have him vanquish it, where do you go from there? It's dead in the water, just like it was before. That's well, the problem. Because, well, because here's the problem. I'm sorry I'm not trying to cut you off here, but, you know, Wait. everybody's like, oh, we want to see the old Sting, the, the fucking flamboyant, you know. But that wasn't the character. That's what, not what got him over with that. It was him being silent, him being the fucking vigilante, him being Batman. Once Batman kills the Joker, it's like, well... That's it. <laughs> Fair point. Aaron, you said yes. Why do you say yes? Well, Kyle just said, like, Sting has now vanquished Hollywood Hogan. Okay? He's, he beat Hogan. Now the NWO is destroyed. Where do you go from there? Okay? Well, you splinter that shit. It's broken off. And now, Hogan's been defeated. And... And Hogan now has to run off into the darkness because he's been vanquished. Now the NWO has splintered. So now you can start dissension on the fact of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come out. And they're like, oh, Hogan said he'd do this and he'd do that for us. And now we can't. Or, or Hogan said that, that his involvement in this and in our group, we, we, we'd make all this money and we we take this company over and and this that and the other thing and now this this painted faced warrior has come down and and vanquished our our 
leader and he's ex- he, he's ran away we can't find him now and for like months they're like oh hogan where the hell are you at you know you let us down you let us down and you can splinter it is what i'm saying making sense like you gain more storylines with hogan losing than you do with fucking hogan winning or winning in the way that he won or lost and i and i get that but but that's the that's the the problem with that is that like when when Sting beat once, when Sting beat Hulk Hogan, the NWO should have fucking this is all it should have just been does. done. And, and I agree with it's been we have Scott Hall, we have Kevin Nash, and we have Hulk Hogan, and then you have all these little minions that were following these guys around, and they're like fuck, the bottom fell out of this thing before it even got started, and you got like like six like what the fuck am i supposed to do now and and virgil like he's like i have nothing <laughs> and i get that and that's a great point, but... can be like i invested my millions of dollars in this and now it's fucking kaput that, and, that I, was... and i and i do get that and that's a great point but the problem is it's, there's nobody left for sting to vanquish now it's become the infighting of the NWO and Sting's just like, well, I got the fucking title over here. I think what happens is, I kind of sort of side with Kyle on this one, and it's because of my personal feelings about Sting as a character. I think that, I think that, like you said, Kyle, the whole char- that whole Crow character Sting was built on the fact of destroying WCW. So he wins the title, and now he's 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 essentially. I hate to say this because, like, like everybody always says, I really like the guy. I liked him as a wrestler, and I like he seems like a great person, and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, without the NWO and the Crow storyline, Sting Sting's not a fucking draw. He never no. was. He wasn't. He wasn't that good. <laughs> I'm sorry. He just wasn't. Well, here's, here's the thing. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. He definitely wasn't. Hey. He wasn't. Definitely hey. wasn't good enough to be on top against Steve Austin in the Monday Night War. Nay. No. Nay. And here, here's Nate. the problem. It's not like Nate. Hogan or Hold Hogan. Not like had a joke. Nay. Yes. Sting can draw something. Do you know what it is? What? The drapes. <laughs> we saw that. Insider, <sighs> insider, we'll explain it to you, Kyle. <laughs> but but here's my thing: is that <laughs> y'all better not look at me. <laughs> but but here's the thing: is like when you look at like like Sting is one of those guys. He is only as good as his heel. Hogan was one of those guys that no matter who you put against Hogan in the early uh, early eighties and nineties, it's like he can make that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. He made fucking earthquake. He made, you know, like he can fucking take anybody and make them a star because they're going against Hulk Hogan. Right. The problem is with Sting is Sting needed Flair. Sting needed Hogan. He yes. needed somebody to be that, that that Joker to his Batman. Yeah, and that's exactly my point with Sting. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see WCW. I don't. I don't see changing the. I just wanted to hear you guys' opinions on it, but I don't see changing anything about that in the long run, helping WCW in any way. 
My I think I think, I think that whether or not, no matter how my, it went down, that was the end. That was the peak. And that's what it sh- that's what I'm getting at is that that should have been the peak of the NWO. Sting wins the championship, and then you dissolve the NWO, and then all those strong personalities in the NWO are now on their own. And now are now on their own, and they have nobody backing them because they were against the WCW locker room. So now, like a Kevin Nash, it's just out there like a buoy in the ocean, has nobody around him, mm-hmm. and say Luger and Luger and the Giant want to tee up on him and beat up on him and shit. He's just getting his ass kicked, and nobody's coming out to help him because he was a shitter. He was just a shit person, you know? Yeah. You threw Rey Mysterio into a fucking trailer. Fuck yeah, you. it's like you long-darted Rey Mysterio, <laughs> and you called me the nacho man, and you did this, this, and this. Fuck you. You know what I mean? So now, like, a Kevin Nash and a... Sh- and a and a six-pack, and a Scott Hall, and a Buff Bagwell have to, like, now work their way back into that locker room. It would have been so much better if they would have just killed the fucking NWO in 1997 or whatever that, whenever that pay-per-view happened when Hogan lost. The NWO should have stopped. Yes. Do you guys realize? They would have had a ten times better WCW if the NWO wouldn't have went for like longer than what it, it should have ended in '97 when Sting won, yes. is what you realize I'm, that we had an NWO in 2000. <laughs> we don't. I realize that. Damn you, Kyle, for talking about that. Let's go on to my next question. <laughs> so my next question is more of a of a. Do you guys think this is cool? Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. You think it's cool? I gotta pee. All right, let's pause recording. Sorry. All right, so the next thing, like I said, is this just a a? It's not necessarily. I guess it's not a question. It's just a. Do you guys? Do you guys think this would be cool? If Brian Pillman would not have passed away in '97, and he gets to participate in the Attitude Era, do you think it would have been fun? Even though. What happened was cool as hell. I think it almost would have been fun to have Brian Pillman in the dude love position just after Austin won the title. Like Vince, like, Vince, not, Vince, not Vince, as the character, but in the feud. Vince McMahon got to Brian Pillman, and you know he, he maybe even you maybe even go leading up to WrestleMania, Brian Pillman and Austin kind of kind of reunite or whatever not reunite that's not the austin character but they 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 they're friends again i guess and then vince mcmahon has come between these two friends like he poisoned austin's friend they have the summer the summer of love where austin and dude win it but it's austin and pillman that win the titles no 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 no. i'm just no, no hang on and then and then like later on down the road like after Austin wins it, then all of a sudden Pillman's the one that turns back. Yeah, yeah, some something yeah. like that. Just Pil- <laughs> it, would even, it would even work with them being a team. Like 
Steve Austin can be like, you know what? This is the only guy like sicker and crazier than me. Mm-hmm. You get me, man. And, yeah. and yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to compromise Austin's character by making him all buddy-buddy with somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But somehow you allude to the fact that they're friendly again. And then after WrestleMania, because Austin has pissed Vince off, Vince poisons his friend's mind against him. And, you know, and Pillman's obviously already unstable. You know, you could say shit like that on, on TV. Um, and then instead of... and. I hate to say it because you're kind of pushing Foley off to the side, but how cool would it have been to have Austin and Pillman for the title, you know? I don't know, just a, just a hypothesis. It is, it is one of those things that it's sad we'll never get to know the answer to that. Because mm-hmm. I think it would have been fucking cool as well. Now my next two are going to be really quick, I promise. Because they're... They're just standard answer. Standard answer questions. Yes and no. Um, they're not yes or no, but they're standard answer questions. That's not a standard answer question, Nate. I'm not debating this with you, Kyle. <laughs> what are your two What are buddy, pal. What are your, not your friend, buddy? <laughs> I'm begging you, please. I'm begging you, Nate. Please, I'm beg- please I'm begging. put your shirt back I'm and beg- sit back down. I'm begging I'm you, begging man. You, man. I'm begging I'm you, man. Begging you. I am. What are your two favorite matches you've seen live in person? I saw um, the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker and Edge. Loved that match. And um, I would say after that... It would be think about that for a minute. We don't want dead air though. Kyle, what are your answers? Uh, one of them was we got to see CM Punk versus John Cena uh, during the build up to SummerSlam after Raw went off the air. It was fucking great because it was all of us together. And they were holding up their dueling titles. Yes. Yes, that was fun. Like, we all knew what it was, but it was cool to see them, like, kind of work out their match and and everything. Like, that was fun. Um, The other one... Fuck, it was just on the tip of my tongue. Motherfucker. Oh, no. Oh no. Oh, no. oh um <laughs> when we got to see AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy for TNA. Yeah, that was cool. At, at that whole sh- at that house show mm-hmm. because AJ was playing the old school heel like he was like I'm not fucking wrestling him. I'm not mm-hmm. like fuck you fans. You guys are like Yeah, he was doing some territory shit. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really cool like a really cool like thing to see like because there was no cameras it was just a house show and like you got to see Jeff versus AJ which like now would be like a fucking main event anywhere right but like you got to see them like have fun now i'm going to i'm going to I, I got I, my i got my last match okay it was that undertaker 
Edge Hell in a Cell match, mm-hmm. which is cool as shit. You were with me. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was still with my favorite ex-girlfriend, there's a few of those. Um, not favorite ones, but there's like one favorite one. We went to a house show in Fort Wayne, and it was the only, like the first time I saw Ric Flair live, which was fucking amazing. And he wrestled Goldberg, and the match he had with Goldberg, like the the physical interaction that he had with Goldberg, was probably two minutes. Everything that Ric Flair did, building up to Rick till to Goldberg coming out was fucking fantastic. Watching, so watching Ric Flair do his thing, woo! Watching Flair do his thing for like five minutes, and then Goldberg coming out, spearing him, doing his thing, jackhammering him, and all that. Ric Flair versus Goldberg, fantastic. I'm gonna fly. My favorite, my favorite house show. Like, it shouldn't be a... It's not a match, per se. But my favorite thing I've ever seen live that wasn't a wrestling match was at the Toledo Sports Arena. I got to watch a a highlight reel at the Toledo Sports Arena with Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, and Eric Bischoff. And it was fantastic. Go ahead, Nate. I'm going to fly through this real quick. Because um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite matches I ever saw live, one of my two favorites, same as Aaron, we went together, SummerSlam 08, uh, Edge and, and The Undertaker in Hell of Cell. <coughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Big burp for that one. Um, and then the, the other match, my other favorite match that I saw in person, was Aaron was also with me. It was a house show, Toledo, Ohio, 1996. Got to watch Shawn Michaels wrestle Steve Austin when Steve Austin was still that heel, Steve Austin. That's the night I shook Steve Austin's hand. And then... People don't believe me, but I did it. Favorite non, non-wrestling non match thing, two of them. There's two of them. And, and um, one of them, Kyle, was with me and Aaron was with me and that was it was it was it was bittersweet but it was cool that we went to the raw just after Paul Bearer died. Yeah. Because it was a cool raw. You know, you had a lot of Undertaker, the the the, the atmosphere. That was a cool live experience. Also, Aaron, you'll remember this. It was cool as fuck to have we were Aaron and I were at a Raw in Fort Wayne in 05 and we got to watch Ric Flair and Triple H like brawl right past us. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a match, they were doing an angle, but they brawled right past us and that was a cool that was a cool deal. So it my, was also it? super cool to see the Rock and Roll Express live. Mhm. That's one of the highlights of my life. Yes, very cool. Those guys were absolutely fantastic. And it the greatest thing that ever popped me unexpectedly in the history of <laughs> professional wrestling was at that same show at the Rock and Roll Express when Gilberg lost his match <laughs> and stood up and said thank you sorry <laughs> <laughs> live in the gimmick brother 
speaking of the speaking of the Rock Thank and Roll you. Express. Thank you. Speaking Sorry, of man. the Rock and Roll Express, guys, fucking NWA Power is fucking free on YouTube. You have no excuse not free. to watch it. Free on YouTube. All you motherfuckers got a smartphone. Don't tell me you ain't got one. Even you Obama phone motherfuckers got a smartphone. Okay. Last but not least, we'll take a break, then we'll come back. This is to my questions. It doesn't matter. I have questions. You, I'll let you I have, fight about that. I have like 12 questions. Jesus Christ, this show's going to be four It's hours six long. each. Let me, let, me go, let me do mine next. I'll go through them quick. You do we'll you, get, boo. You do we'll, boo. You do you, boo. And then we'll get to Aaron and his main event questions. Jesus Christ. Okay, listen. <laughs> Favorite ring announcer not na- named Howard Finkel. Favorite ring announcer not named Howard Finkel? Yeah, because everybody's going to say Howard Finkel, so I took Gary him off Michael Capetta. Okay. Kyle? David Penzer. Really? Fuck off. <laughs> they muted him. He was so bad they muted him. <laughs> I'm going to isolate... I'm going to isolate that. Like, I'm going to isolate David Penzer. Fuck off. <laughs> and just use it as a soundbite. Are, are you ready to tell me to fuck oh. off, Aaron? Uh, oh, shit. Not because David, I'm, I'm gonna, they muted David Penzer. I'm, he was so mad. I'm going to say mine, and you're going to go, fuck off, just like you did with him. No, I probably won't. Favorite ring announcer not named Howard Finkel for me, Justin Roberts. I like, I like him. I like, Justin Roberts. I like Justin Roberts. I I was pleasantly surprised when I wa- when I watched AEW and I heard Justin Roberts. He's the ring announcer for AEW now. Yes. I enjoy Justin Roberts. Well, I guess I didn't get that heat like you did, Kyle. <laughs> that, big stank, guess that, big, that big stanky Dave Penzer heat. <laughs> WCW knew that guy was so bad they muted him. All right. I li- I, li- I like David Penzer. Fuck off. <laughs> but Gary Michael Capetta, man, I like Gary Michael Capetta. I do too. The, the Steiner brother. And then they have. Like, I the, love how he introduced the, the Steiner brothers. On and, the WWE and, Network, they have Jerry Michael Capetta. Well, you can fuck off too. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like they they do that Gary Michael Capetta voice over their WWE music. Yeah. You'd be like, and the scrapers. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't, if if I didn't have to say Gary Michael Capetta <laughs> for that, honestly, you know who I liked? Who's that? Um, I, I liked um Joe McHugh. No. Mike McGurk. Yeah, Mike McGurk wasn't bad for her job. She did a good job. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, like I said, I, I like, used to I like, like. I used to like when I enjoyed Mike McGurk when better than Finkel when she would announce like where Ted DiBiase was coming from this month. Yeah. Like it sounded better when it came from like a female voice, and it looked like she provided he provided her with her suit. With her wardrobe and hair. <laughs> well, yeah, spray. I mean, she dressed like Million Dollar Man, but a woman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got big hair and a flashy suit. 
She'd have like the, you know, like the, you know how his, he'd have like a silver jacket with the red lapel. She'd have like a silver yeah. jacket with the red lapel. <laughs> yeah. And I got bigger shoulders than you. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. That's the only thing about Ted DiBiase. Oh, he never, he, he never had show, like, DiBiase didn't have shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. He, he, no, you're right. You're right. He, but he had a more re, he had a more realistic body than most of the guys on the roster too. Yeah, it's like I can I, I can believe that you'd be a little dumpy because you got money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like eclairs. Yeah. <laughs> the, the most the most expensive eclairs. <laughs> <laughs> My eclairs have truffles in them. <laughs> <laughs> I bought Dunkin' Donuts just for the eclairs. <laughs> All right, I'm beating this fucking eclair joke into the fucking water. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we'll do Kyle's questions and then Aaron's questions. We'll also do another listener question right after the break here on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. posing questions to each other so far the show's going really good we appreciate your support and again like i said earlier like the facebook page join the facebook group get in on the fucking show would you what's the next reader question i was about to say like our listener john martin jr did here he says who would the who would be the who do you think is going to be the first big name wwe guy or girl to jump to aew and will AEW do pay-per-view DVDs like the WWE? Let's say address the first question here. Who do you think is going to be the first one to jump to AEW? I mean, not obviously not counting John Moxley because he already did. Who's going first? Sasha Banks. Hmm. Her or her forehead? She'll have a big. She'll have a big fit on the floor before she does it. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think if anybody right now, as it stands, is at that point of like, fuck this, it's going to be her. I have a, I have a, it, it might be dumb, but I have a couple different answers to this. Okay. Okay. When I read this question, it was who is from the WWE going to jump to AEW? I put, who do I want to jump? Like, who do I want to leave the WWE is Dolph Ziggler. Okay. I really want Dolph Ziggler to leave. He won't, but I want him to. Um, and then when I go to who do I think is going to actually jump, I don't think he, he's, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't think he is. I know he isn't. I'm a fan of him. But the next guy I really think is possibly going to leave is going to leave the WWE and go to AEW is Apollo Crews. Okay. And I think it would be a really good move for the man. Mm-hmm. 
Because in the WWE, he's lost in the shuffle. But if you take a guy that looks like Apollo Crews, that can work like Apollo Crews, and put him in AEW, he's a fucking star. My pick... Uh, now, I'm going to go with Big Star that I that I see potentially being the first like actual name Big Star would be Rusev. Hmm. I can see when Rusev's contract's up, he jumps. And I was actually going to mention Rusev as my big name to jump. And then my my not big name to jump, guy that's kind of lost in the mid-card that maybe would say WWE isn't using me to my full potential, would be Mike Kanellis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you on Rusev. I think if you're talking a main event guy that's like, uh, I can't, they just keep, you know what I mean, they just keep steamrolling me. I have heat. I have, I'm yeah. over. Then, yes, Rusev. But I think Mike Kanellis is probably the most likely because I'm sure that even though, even though he's stuck in the 50-50 booking, being a bigger star, I'm probably going to say Rusev's one of those guys that's happy with that check. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that would be my picks, and thank you, thank you, so very much. Oh, oh Kyle. <laughs> there is there's the there's the other question. Oh, uh, Kyle. There's the other part of that question. Yes. Do you think yeah. do you yeah. think AEW would do pay per view? I'd say now it'd probably be Blu-rays over DVDs, but do you think they're going to have a distribution for that kind of stuff? I don't I don't see them doing it because it's not like five years ago where it was you know as well as I do five years ago, it's like we fucking bought up all the fucking wrestling DVDs because yeah, like, I, that was the only place you could see that shit. It's funny because I still sell stuff on eBay and, they're, and I, <clears throat> I guess this is just my neuroticism I have I have two gigantic, gigantic totes full of WWE DVDs that I never watch. But I don't sell them because I'm afraid, you know, one day WWE Network isn't going to exist and I don't have to buy all this shit all over again. So, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I uh, up until WWE Network launched in 2014, like, you go 2014 back, I have, like, every pay-per-view on DVD. You know, all the collections on DVD, all the documentaries on DVD. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was a passion of mine back then. But I think, I think AEW is more likely to start a streaming service with their yeah. library than they are to have Blu-ray DVDs. Because the problem you run into is that not, not, I'm not saying anything against uh, AEW, but well, like with WWE. They had their, you know, they would come out with their documentaries on uh, different superstars and stuff. And that was like the big thing. And then you got a bunch of matches you've never seen, you know. The the problem with AEW is they don't have fucking, they don't have anything of any of that. And it's so fucking new. I could see AEW doing a deal with like Fight TV. Where you spend, like, we have our, like, that, that, what is it, full gear pay-per-view they got coming up? Yeah. Yeah, full gear coming up, okay? You give 
By the way, if WWE named a pay-per-view Full Gear, people would be like, well, that's a stupid name. But anyway, go ahead. You give Fight TV $55, and chances are Fight TV is going to get 25 of it, AEW get the rest of it, and then you just have it. Right. I don't see them releasing physical DVDs, but they'll have something like that. I don't see them having their own website yet because, or their own full streaming thing yet because what do they have? They don't have anything to put on there yet. But they'll do something with like Fight TV or the equivalent of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Are we going to do the last reader question or are we going to go into Kyle's? Thank you, John Martin Jr., for your question. And we will uh, do Kyle's questions and then we will hit. Ryan Damon's question. Okay. All right. So mine are, are not like super fucking whatever, but uh, what mine is fucking XPR Kyle? Notion? Kyle. Yes. You're good enough. You're smart enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it. Doggone it. People, people like, like you. Yeah. Well, that's that's fucking wonderful. Stuart Smalley says so, my friend. I'm Speaking glad. of who? We were talking about Saturday Night knows, Live earlier. You don't know who Stuart Smalley Stuart is? Stuart Smalley is? Oh. Alfred. Okay. That's great. I'm glad that he thinks I'm good enough. <laughs> God damn. That's, Stuart that's, Smalley is great. That is, that is wonderful that he thinks I'm great enough. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh. All right, so what is a favorite piece of wrestling merch that you own? Oh. For me, it's my full collection of the WWF Hasbros. Oh, it's full now? Yes. Oh, shit. I, those are my favorite wrestling action figures of all time, probably because they're the ones I played with the most when I was a kid. Um, I've started on an LJN collection now. That's how I feel about my balls. <laughs> but yes, it's my, it's my, it's my, it's my, it's my Hasbro WWF guys. Love it. By the way, everybody, that was me and Nate. That's me and not was. That's me and my brother Nate's relationship. <laughs> was I said that and he laughed. And the other person in the conversation went, uh. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, bone crunching action ones, the ones from Jack's, Jack's. Mm-hmm. like 95, 96. Like that was like, like the LGN and the Hasbro. Like, yeah, I had a couple Hasbros and stuff, but like, I still got them, but like, like the big, like me collecting it, like wrestling toys, like that was what that was. Now, if I'm gonna say like hard to find shit, okay, hard to find. You spent way too much money on shit. My, my okay, my Hasbro collection cost me a lot of money to get overall. But if I'm talking a one-time purchase, and when when Kyle first saw it, I rem- I'll never forget this. Kyle came to my house and he saw it on the shelf and he said, "No, you didn't." Uh, <laughs> I have a mint on card Rowdy Roddy Piper LJN figure. 
And that's yep. a pretty badass piece to have in your collection because you don't find those, on you know, you don't find those. Uh, you usually find them out of the box. They got the paint damage and all that shit. They don't have the kilt. So to have that one in the collection, you know, in the box and in, in the on the card, that's that's cool. But yeah, my, and my, the card is and the card is in um, like great condition. Yes, yes. Like but that's the thing about it. It's like. But yeah, having my Hasbro guys, that's my. Or I call them, as I call them, my Hasbro bitches. <laughs> That's... Okay, well, I have a lot of stupid, like, go ahead. You have a cool Sorry, collection, Dan. though, Aaron. What's what's the, what's the favorite piece not, on that? I'm not stupid. I wasn't trying to, like, say stupid. I was trying to say, like, I'm trying to pick. <laughs> and there's going to be something that I mentioned, and Nate's one of the only people that's seen it, is, I like, on my wall, I have, like, a lot of autographed, like, I've met these people, meet and greet pictures and everything. But I have a magazine cover, but it's blown, like, like I shouldn't say magazine covers. Sorry, I have a Japanese poster, and, and all, all the text is in Japanese. And it's Ric Flair with the 10 pounds of gold. And I'd say it's probably from the early 80s to late 70s. It's Flair... But the NWA championship, and he's smiling. Nate, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I love that fucking poster. Love it. So I have that. And then I also have pretty much all of the, like, 90, 91 WCW molded action figures. Like, there's Ron and... Ron Simmons and Butch Reed and Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman, Lex Luger, the Steiners, Arn. Fucking love having those. But there, there's just so much shit in my wrestling collection that I don't. That WC, that WCW Galoob series. You know what the coolest figures are for that one to me? Both the Steiners and Sid. I don't know why. I have both of those. And I have an Arn Anderson that has no dings and no blemishes on it whatsoever. Oh, he doesn't even have his butt cheeks exposed. Nope. Oh, good job. That's what yeah. it was. It was hard for me to find. There's a okay, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with the the Hasbro series. And I'm I like, also, well, I will, I will say this. Sorry. Hmm. I will tell you what my favorite fucking thing that I have is. Before the Ric Flair poster and all my Galoob action figures. You know what it is? Hmm. It is my LJN Freddie Blassie. Yeah, I like mine too. Does yours have the cane? Mine doesn't have the cane. Mine, he's wearing like a yellow, he's wearing a yellow sweater and a red shirt. And he's got his white hair. It's fucking fantastic. Same one I have. And then when I got it and he didn't have the cane, I was like, you know what? Whatever. What cane? I didn't have no cane. Yeah, he didn't have no cane. <laughs> I also have a JYD that has his actual, like, like it has, like, the dog collar and the chain with it. That's mm-hmm. cool, too. Like, I have so much shit that I can't answer that question. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, you said Blassie, and I have a WWE Defining Moments uh, combo that has Blassie and then it has Hogan with the cape and shit in it. And it's really yeah, it was with you when you 
you bought that. Yeah. That's a, that was a cool deal. You bought that for like 40 bucks, and that was kind of a steal. Yeah, it should have been. I looked it up on eBay when I got home, and on eBay generally it sells for like 75 So I was like, all right, I jude it. It's cool. Edit. Edit yeah. that. Edit that, Nate. <laughs> Edit scratch. <laughs> squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Kyle, what Come is on, yours? Man. Answer your own question, Kyle. What's your favorite scene? I, <clears throat> I have a... It is a WCW Nitro uh, for the PlayStation 1, I think. Mm-hmm. And an ex of mine, her brother, worked at a GameStop. Okay. You showed me and, this thing. I know what you're talking about. Yes. And what it is, it's it, it looks like somebody had gone to a show or something and had a shit ton of WCW wrestlers sign it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it has like Flair, Sting, Luger. I mean, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. That is cool. It, it was a shitty. Ga- it was a shitty game, but to have it, like, it yeah, that is, <laughs> to have it autographed. I also have, I also have the Mattel Brothers Wrestling Superstars game with Hulk Hogan on it, like the actual board game. I own that. I'm looking at all the shit I own. <laughs> I, I own a Hulk Hogan Thunder Mixer. What the hell is a Hulk Hogan Thunder Mixer? <laughs> it sounds like it, a, it sounds like something you do to a girl you're not gonna marry. <laughs> it's the thing that it, it <laughs> makes like nutritional drinks. It's the thing that he said that he was on. Um, like he was like taking his kids to school when they sold George Foreman the George Foreman grill. It was supposed to be the Hulk Hogan grill. But since he was like taking his kids to school, he missed the call. So now he made the Hulk Hogan mixer. I have that thing. And then I also have a beer mug that is from that. It's not a repurposed one, it is just an Andre the Giant. Beer mug from like 1987. Even in 1987, they knew what their market was. And if you drink, hey, guys, hey, hey, if you drink enough beer out of that mug, you will talk like Andre the Giant. (laughs) I'm gonna be the wild, wild (laughs) rest. World World Tag Team Champions. <laughs> and, and, and oddly enough, if you drink even more than that, you'll talk like Andre the Giant now. Oh. <laughs> Fucked up, man. I'm not the one who did it. It's not my fault. Ah. Uh. Well, see, Kyle, you said your questions. That resulted in a seven-minute conversation, so not that bad. Those are all his questions? No, I'm talking about one question. He says questions weren't that good. Look, one question. Seven minutes. That was one question? Yes. I know. He asked asked that yesterday. (laughs) We're going to be here until four in the morning doing this. What's your next question, buddy? What is one guy from a different era that you could bring to this era now and plop in? Plop in. <laughs> Just 
plop, plop him in. in. Plop him in like a turd. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're just going to plop somebody, it would be like Haystacks Calhoun. Oh, my. <laughs> but are you saying, like... You could take anybody from any era he, he of professional wrestling. He would be in a, in a previous era, you could put him in this era, and he'd fit right in. Okay. Yes. Plop. Plop is a terrible Plop word. right in. I have two. <laughs> okay. I have two plops. You have two plops. I have two plops. Plop, plop. Great Muda and Jushin Liger. Very good picks, yeah. Japanese plops. <laughs> plop, plop. Why? Um... Muda, because I think that you could put Muda into any one of the big promotions today, and he would actually probably be a bigger star than he was then, if that if you if that even could happen. I think that he could fit the style of today, and he could be an amazing heel. On the flip side, or maybe on the plop side, I would say Liger could come into especially in NXT or in MLW today and be the top guy hands down. And I know Liger's been on NXT. I'm but you know, I'm talking Liger in in his prime. Yes, in his prime. You put Jushin I mean think about Jushin Liger in his prime against Adam Cole or Shinsuke Nakamura. Fuck me. That's amazing. So yeah, like I, I mean, I, I actually would lean more toward Liger than Muda, but I would say they're one of those guys you could you could put in today's wrestling scene, and they would fit right the fuck in. Okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy Rogers. Because you could put Buddy Rogers in any era. Well, yeah, that's what Kyle just asked. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Rogers, yeah. that character, that guy, that arrogance, that fits in any era in wrestling. And even more so now, his physique and his build, mm-hmm. he would look like the people that he's working with, you know? And I think Buddy Ro- and he would stand out hands above everybody else just because he can actually, if you take the guy and you don't change anything about him, any of his skill rate, anything about him, and you plop him in now, in Kyle's word, plop, there's Buddy Rogers, and he's just going to cut a promo. Jesus Christ. He'd fucking put everybody else to shame. And then the other person that I would plop in to any era would be um, Roddy Piper. Red Piper's a good pick. Ew. I know, that's why I said it. Piper's a great pick, but you know what? What? <laughs> I don't mean to sound like the old guy. <laughs> but you plop Roddy... Plop... <laughs> you... You you drop... Roddy Plopper? Rod, Roddy Plopper Plopper <laughs> into this era. Roddy Plopper. Lord mercy, he's gonna eat these motherfuckers alive. I don't know if I don't know if anybody wrestling the thing in the world. There's not a wrestler on the planet right now, other than possibly Jericho, that could that could uh, could slice on the mic with Piper. You know, that's what I said. Him, drop him in there. They can't fucking handle it. (laughs) 
I there's only one guy I almost set ahead of him. And that was Fred Blassie. But you know me, Nate. I'll go on for days and days and days about how Fred Blassie's my like fucking favorite mm-hmm. person. But yeah. So the answer and the, is- only, the only reason I don't say Blassie is because Blassie couldn't wrestle with him. Well, you know? and the, another another thing about Blassie is, and possibly Piper, if you dropped them into this era, and this is the this is the older guy in me talking, um, in the modern era. I don't know that I don't know that they would be able to be on TV for more than six minutes without offending some fucking pussy. I don't That's know. why I want them on TV. <laughs> Kyle, answer your own question, or do you not have an answer? <clears throat> I do. All right. It's a little uh, Alondra Blaze. Yes. I would like to watch Alundra Blaze wrestle Asuka. That would be fucking awesome. If you were to bring her and throw her into today's women's revolution, uh, just, my God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because in her time, she was... Okay, so, yeah. Like, because in her time, she was kind of, like, alone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. other than if you... If you brought um, Bull Nakano, or what was well, that's what I was gonna say. Bull Nakano, or uh, what was uh, Kensuke Sasaki's wife's name? Malia Hasaka, was that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless you bring one of them in from Japan or Ronda Singh, without her stupid Bertha Faye gimmick, you don't have a lot of women. Stupid. Yeah, kinda. But you don't. You don't have like the trailer park. Harvey Whippleman and. When I watch when I watch those rolls from ninety five, I would have loved it if they would have kept her with her Ronda Sing gimmick though. Bertha Faye. I, <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't entertaining. But she would have been a more effective heel with her Ronda Sing gimmick. But yeah, I can see I can definitely see a Lunder Blaze in, in today's women's wrestling scene. She could probably hang now. Have you seen her? God damn. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yes, Tony Schiavone, he's fucking in love. <laughs> any of us, she'd knock any of our dicks into the dirt. <laughs> and who else? Huh? <laughs> huh? So you, huh? Only, you only... I feel like we're, inter- I feel like hey, we're interviewing Burn Gagne. <laughs> your original... Oh. Que- your original... The problem, folks, is Kyle's original question was... What person? Aaron and I are always, we always talk too much, so we each came up with like seven people. So then when Kyle yeah. got to his one person, I was like, so what's your other one? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All I had was the one. All right, that's cool. What's your next question? All right. Congratulations, you both now own your own wrestling territory. Who's your first pick of anybody from from now till the beginning of pro wrestling, who do you pick as your first guy that you sign? Randy Savage. 
That is that is my pick as well as Randy Savage. The first guy you see on my show is going to be Randy Savage. Be like, oh, yeah, welcome to Nate's fucking wrestling. Yeah, nigga. Nate's, <laughs> Nate's fucking wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nate's fucking champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was the fucking man. Randy Savage. He was. Down. Well, that means you're also bringing Lanny. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Nate's fucking wrestling is for you. And we're going to teach the children to read. <laughs> so who's your pick, Aaron? Who's my pick? Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Huh. <laughs> <coughs> Aaron, if you, congratulations, you just now have a wrestling company. Who is your first pick? The person that is going to be the fucking face of your pro wrestling business. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan? Bobby Heenan is the first person to see on my show. He's the first face people see when your TV comes on. That's a good pick. The show yep. comes on and he goes, "Hello, stupids!" <laughs> and just <laughs> heels on them. Hey, get your shoe, dummy! <laughs> yeah. Hello, stupids! Welcome to Aaron's show, and I'm gonna tell you why you're fucking ignorant. And and I'm gonna tell you why why Nate's fucking wrestling fucking sucks. <laughs> no, he won't tell you why my wrestling sucks. He's gonna tell them why they suck, and that why the, the people that are behind him which would be like Rick Rude and um, Andre the Giant are the fucking best. And whoever that this Aaron fuck is going to throw at us <laughs> isn't anything. But it's going to be Bobby Heenan. He's going to be the guy on my show. So, Kyle, you said yours was the Macho Man as well. Yep. What's your next question? Of all the illustrious titles that uh, has been in pro wrestling... Besides, like, the world championship, what is another title that you're very fond of? The WWF Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Same. (laughs) So we're not going to get a bunch of debate here. No. I mean, the the Intercontinental title has had, first of all, some of the coolest looking titles. And... It has had some of the greatest champions, and it has had some of the greatest matches. I don't know. It, in modern, like, for, for our generation, for guys that are late 80s, 90s. I'm a, bigger, I'm a bigger fan of the WWF Intercontinental Championship than I am of the WWF Championship. I would, I would agree with that. You know, you're talking... We're not guys that are from the 60s or 70s or or even early 80s. We are, when you really think about it, um, late 80s, 1990s wrestling fans. That was the wrestler's wrestler's belt. 
that is an iconic championship. You know, I mean, and I understand a lot of guys, honestly, a lot of guys that are probably 10 years older than us would say probably the, the United States championship. But, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about your era and what you've watched in real time, I totally agree with Aaron. It's the, inter, the WWF Intercontinental title. And it was super cool. Like, when I met Barry Windham and I got my picture, or not Barry Windham, sorry, Magnum TA, when I got my picture taken with Magnum TA, it was cool as fuck that I got to hold, like, the United States Championship that Magnum, like, right. held. And that was cool as fuck. But the Intercontinental Championship, to me, is my... It's it's my favorite championship. Well, and that's the thing. Art is art. And art is the moment that you live, you know? Like, Pearl Jam is my favorite band. It's not going to be my dad's favorite band, and it's not going to be my son's favorite band. My favorite band is going to be a band that... And, and there are bands that existed long before I lived that I love. But because Pearl Jam is my favorite band from the era where I was most influenced by music. That's my favorite band. You guys know but what I I'm love, saying? Like time, love... time is time and, and eras are eras. My son, he doesn't watch wrestling really, but to my son, John Cena's Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love thinking about Bret Hart versus, Mr. Perfect? Mr. Perfect, or Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat, or um, Rick Rude versus The Ultimate Warrior. And uh, um, I know you don't like him, but The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. I love thinking about, and I know the belt was different. It looked different. It doesn't matter. It was still a cool-looking belt. It was still the Intercontinental fucking Championship. Mm-hmm. It's badass. That's actually that, my. That's actually to be that honest. That was the wrestler's belt in the WWE. To, to be honest, coming into, I mean, coming into the modern time, one of my favorite things in modern wrestling was when Cody Rhodes had the WWE Intercontinental Title. Yeah, and he changed it to the white leather. Yes, and you know the the with the Big Show and the. I mean, he just did the title such justice. That title. And, and that, and it was cool when, like, Warrior would change the strap mm-hmm. colors. Like, he would change the strap. Like, that was, like, the, the coolest thing about, uh, like, the coolest thing about the shitty Ultimate Warrior right. was his face paint and the fact that he would, like, change the color of the belt to match his face paint. That was cool. Yeah. What was your answer to your question, Kyle? His matches licked ass, but... <laughs> And shake the belt leather. That was cool. My, I've always had a soft spot for the World Television Championship. When I think of that belt, I think of, I think about that belt around Arn Anderson's waist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, I think of the one that Regal had. Yeah, to I, me, I, it was that it was that belt that like. Especially at the time, it was like you always saw that belt on TV. When you guys say the iron one, are you talking like the red one that he had? I am. I love like, that belt. The 80s? Yes. 
I love, I love that belt, and 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 I love it on Arn Anderson. I don't know why. It just to like me the the Crockett era. Yes, titles. What you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Era art. But it was one of those titles that, like, <laughs> to me, it, it it was like, yes, with like the United States or the intercontinental like you knew like oh this person's going to be like the next guy but like with the world television championship it was like no this is the guy that like in maybe three or four years will be the guy or maybe not but he's still having the best matches on the show exactly Um, and it was that thing that like when your show is what is selling tickets for the pay-per-views or for the arena shows. It's like, that is the champion that most people see. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it translated to some great feuds and some great matches. Um, as an example, the, uh, I'm not, okay. I'm a fan of Larry Zabisco as a personality. And Aaron can attest to this. I think Larry Zabisco is a great wrestling personality. I Are think you going to smack around the Larry Zabisco William Regal feud? Listen. That was shit. Listen, listen. Let me finish. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Larry Zabisco, great personality. I think the guy's funny. Like, he has his sense of humor in wrestling. So dry. So good. Um,. But I was not a huge fan of Larry Zabisco as a wrestler. But Larry Zabisco, and I'm talking as a wrestler, because there are things that he did as an entertainer, as a broadcaster, as the commissioner in TNA, etc., etc., that I like more. But as a wrestler, my favorite Larry Zabisco shit is his TV title feud with William Regal. So that's what that that was the point I was getting to. Like that, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's that title is is is. Thank you kindly. <laughs> Kyle, move on to your next question. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh shoot! What number? All right, are you this on? is my last. This is my last one. All right. What is one thing that you, like, let's say Vince McMahon comes to you right now and says, hey, we need your help to save the company. Hey, pal. Hey, pal. What is the very first thing that you would do to change and fix what WWE is? Like, I know what mine is. The first thing I would do. The first thing I would do is say that Raw is two hours. That simple. Okay. I'm thinking. Kyle, go ahead and do yours, because I'm still thinking here. Non-scripted promos. Good pick. Because... In all honesty, the wrestlers today need to learn how to get themselves over. 
you're the not- only reason I the only reason I wouldn't say that's the first thing you should do is because that's all they know. If you would yeah. tell me I want to do non-scripted promos, I would say we have to have promo classes before we do that. Like I wouldn't put these guys that have been given scripted promos, non-scripted promo, go out there and talk. It's going to be a fucking train wreck. I would say do some non... Do like 10 non-scripted promos in front of me, and then we're going to see if you're you're good. If that makes sense. No, it does. This, this... Okay. But I would tell Vince McMahon, you need to scale Raw back to two hours. The first thing I would do has layers to it, and I'm not going to go into, like, super, super, super stupid um, detail. We could do this. We could do this as a whole episode. This is actually a good one. Keep this in your back of your mind, because we could do this as a whole episode. But the first, absolute first thing I would do, and the purpose is... The purpose is, and I'm thinking realistically, I'm thinking real world here. What is going on right now in WWE? I have no influence on SmackDown. Because they just signed a $5 billion five-year contract with Fox. And I have to resign myself to the fact that SmackDown is going to be a corporate-looking Fox Sports program. Okay? So keep that in the back of your mind. So the first thing I do is in two days on Monday Night Raw, they have a draft going on right now. This is a perfect question right now. I'm drafting Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, to Raw. Okay? And he's coming out at the beginning of the show, and he is challenging Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Yes, row. At the end of the show, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to win the Universal Championship. And I am going to let Raw be the mainstream show for people that don't want to watch corporate wrestling. He's winning the title. He's unifying the Universal Intercontinental Championships. Let SmackDown be SmackDown, because you're not going to change it. It's, it. It is what it is, but you can change Raw, because it's not as... It, you know what I mean? Like, Fox is so... The way the contract is and everything. I'm just thinking in a real-world real world scenario here. I've made Shinsuke Nakamura my champion on Raw, and I'm going to build Raw as the mainstream show that's not corporate. How many hours is your show? Well, you already made it two hours. How many commentators do you have? I only have two. And you have a Japanese guy as your champ? Because there's only two three-man booths that have ever worked in the history of wrestling. Your champion's a Japanese guy. I don't care. Who cares? My, my champion is Shinsuke Nakamura. He doesn't need to cut a fucking promo. He just needs you in the fucking mouth. Well, well, just settle down, man. I was just asking <laughs> you as a fucking dude. I was just asking a question. 
Shinsuke Nakamura's wrestling is good enough where his promos don't have to be. Well, no! Who's the guy that owns Fox News? Uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, I'm not Rupert Murdoch. (laughs) I'm Rupert Murdoch's assistant. Hello. But Raw's not on US, or Raw's not on Fox, so Rupert Murdoch's assistant can go talk to somebody on SmackDown. Okay, I'm Grizzly Knows Best. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Hey. This shit just got stupid. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Kyle. I have yes, a series of six questions to each person, which is 12 questions. Kyle. Yes, sir. You didn't answer your own question. Yeah, I did. I said I would stop scripted promos. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were just building off Aaron's thing on that. Okay. Who's building off my thing? We have lost control of this show. It's official. <laughs> Mark it. But it's our show, and we're allowed to lose control. I just smoke a cigarette. And we are going to take a break. We'll be back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast after this. Aaron has uh, something like 76 questions for us. 12. Or God 12. damn, this is like... This is like it's the like fucking state exam. This move, this podcast is as long as Schindler's List. <laughs> this is like the Titanic. It's two VHS tapes, folks. It's like WrestleMania. <laughs> it's like WrestleMania four. Near, far. <clears throat> but Kyle, Kyle, you are Kyle. Yes. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back. And that's how the long shows happen when there's three of us, and I fucking love it. <laughs> We'll be right back after this with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. It's great to see you back. Well, it's good to see my front, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And for anybody that listens to this show, you know that at this point in the show, every single host is in some way inebriated. Kyle is making a bunch of Kyle, fucking noise. He's rubbing his fat up against his, <laughs> his microphone. There, that's better. Kyle. Sorry, I was rubbing the, my my microphone was rubbing against my fat. It's how I it's how it's, I sleep at night. It's cholesterol appreciation day here on the Yeah. <laughs> my name like, is you heard the joke epidermis is showing. Your epidermis is hearing. My name is Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes. <laughs> I have diabetes. So and right. James Winter asked a question, and I did not see what the question was because the last time that I saw Ryan Damon was the last question that I saw. So, what's James Winter's question? Yes, James Winter, I have diabetes. <laughs> So you want me to do James Winter's question before Ryan Damon's? Yeah, because I don't know James Winter's question, so this will be... Actually, James Winter's Winter's question is more of a statement. He's making a statement. 
He says, and I kind of like it, it's funny. <laughs> he says, Pillman never has the Jeep accident, becomes a main event legend. Marries Stephanie, divorced ten years later, and we have a new outlaw promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Pillman's fucking wrestling. Yes. <laughs> it's loose cannon wrestling, and it's yeah. better than AEW. <laughs> Thank you, James. I, I will take it. That is like... <laughs> everybody. Dead beat dead. Everybody gets a big fucking pencil. Dead beat dead. <laughs> Triple H just kind of. Blows off into the sunset. <laughs> no, actually, Triple H gets fat. Oh. Because he, he he's not working out anymore. I am the game. Hello, my name is Paul Levesque, and I have diabetes. <laughs> I used to be a WWF superstar. So now we'll roll on to Ryan Damon's question. If you could, if you, if you could, Jesus Christ! What I don't the know hell? what's happening? What the Kyle, hell is Kyle? Did you take your pills? <laughs> no, I've apparently either got of, I've apparently got a lot of messages in the last site. Like 27 oh, that, seconds. That was Aaron. I thought it was Kyle. Sorry, Aaron, no. did you take your pills? <laughs> I've apparently got a lot of messages in the last 27 seconds, or Jesus is calling me home. <laughs> Ryan Damon, regular listener, thank you, Ryan, for your support for the show. We appreciate it. If you could quantum leap and change a bad in bad outcome to a good outcome, no Owen or Benoit, what would you change? Kyle, you can answer first. Kyle. Well I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go with Guerrero because that's kind of the same thing as uh <clears throat> everything else. But I would if I could go back and quantum leap, I would let uh Fusion Media buy WCW. Okay. And there would continue to be two brands. It would never have been the whole split because I honestly believe had WCW not folded, you probably wouldn't have gotten the Steve Austin heel churn and you wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Who, I mean, who's to say? Right. Absolutely. But yeah, to me, that's that's the biggest thing that I would do is. If not that, I would go back and <clears throat> if WCW has to be bought out, I would go back and hold off the invasion for another year. Till you could get some uh, names, bigger, bigger names under contract. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. I, I, I'm kind of in the same. It's not. It's not the WCW thing. And you can. Would, can, you, can I say my answer? Yes. And it is no lie because I wrote it down when I read when I read each question that the, the Facebook community put out there, and he said the quantum leap question. 
it really, really registered to me. And the thing that I did was that I would jump back to 1996 and I would transplant myself into Ted Turner's office and I would tell him to not merge with Time Warner. Don't merge. Don't merge, Ted. And when he would be like, why? I'd just smack him in the face and be like, don't merge, Ted. But Jane wants some Valiums. Don't merge, Ted. More Valiums for Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Don't merge, Ted. So mine is, and you would have to change the name of the promotion at some point to be honest, because it's a very regional name. But I wish that Smoky Mountain Wrestling would have found a way to not fold. I would have helped Jim Cornette find a way to not fold Smoky Mountain and and go national. You'd have to have a different name, because obviously Smoky Mountain Wrestling even sounds regional. But I think that that promotion was fantastic, for the it, it was one of those things that that just it it, it flamed and then it, it extinguished and it's if you watch it in its entirety it is an amazing wrestling promotion and with a mind like Jim Cornette's I think that that it could have been something especially in that time it could have been something it could have wound up being something bigger than it was if it would have got a a, a big money backer let well, Jim let, let, like, let Jim like, do like, his hey. thing. And like, give it a different say, name. Ted, say Ted doesn't fold. Or say Ted doesn't merge with Time Warner. And Jim Cornette's out there as an independent whatever. And he sees what's going on with Smoky Mountain. And he gets rid of like a, a Jim Hurd and a Bill Watts. And then... A Jim Cornette rolls in there or something. I might be dumb. I don't know. But I think, like, one of the worst things that ever happened in professional wrestling was Ted Turner merging with Time Warner. Absolutely. And that's my quantum leap. And that is, that is honest to God, I think for WWE, that's going to be what this Fox merger is. It's just... I. Okay. I know it's a lot of money, and I know that's what you're in business for, but for that company, that brand, that SmackDown brand, because thank God, WWE, you know, people can say what they want about Raw, goddammit, but it's still not, it's, we get pissed at it, yes. But at least it's still pro wrestling on a mainstream level. But this Fox deal with SmackDown is... It's going to kill it. I mean, it's going to kill it. You can't have fucking... It's the same thing as the Time Warner merger. You can't have people that don't know any fucking thing about pro wrestling having that much fucking hold over you. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people don't know pro wrestling, and they are going to... I promise you, they are going to... But watch the SmackDown this week. They're going to butt their stupid fat heads in... Until wrestling fans can't even stand it anymore. And there are some good things. You know, Cain Velasquez, I'm not hating on that. That's fine. It's mainstream. It's cool. But it's 
it's the same thing as the Time Warner merger. It's just it's going to kill the SmackDown brand. Not WWE, but that brand is on its way to a five billion dollar death. So yeah, I agree. And Aaron, you have questions for me and questions for Kyle, right? I have six questions for Kyle and six questions for you. So who are you going to ask first? That's what I was going to ask. Who wants to go first? Why don't we do one each? Well, we can't because I have them on my note app. Okay, well then... I'm going to bounce back and forth. I don't have time for that shit. (laughs) You have time to write 12 questions, but not time for... Well, okay... Jesus. <laughs> I'll try it that way. Who wants to go first? All right, Aaron's going to ask Kyle his six questions, and if I want to answer, I will. If I don't, I'll go... It's, it's my goddamn time to shine. I feel like fucking Pat Sajak. <clears throat> With Gary Michael Capetta <clears throat> announcing this main event. All right. Least favorite gimmick match and why? Oh, least favorite gimmick match. I'm probably going to say the Inferno match. Why? Because there's no way that they could ever... Like, that is at the point where it's just too much. Because, like, they're like, oh, to win, someone has to be set on fire. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. I don't care who you are trying to fucking impress or and, and what you're trying to say, but yeah, there's just no way that it's going to ever happen. I have a follow-up. They can't live up, they can't a, live up to the, the hype or whatever, I I guess. have a follow-up question to that. In the time, like the rest of us, did you think it was cool, though? <laughs> <sighs> It, like in the time, uh, watching it in the moment, where you're like, "This is fucking cool." At, at the time, the first, yes, the first one, but the first one. But, but the minute that Kane fucking sets his arm on fire, and that's how it ends it, and you can tell that the, like there's padding and shit, and right. I was like, "Yeah, all oh, this just became hokey." Well, this is Vince Russo, <laughs> so I have an answer to this question. It's very simple, and oh, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you move on. But my answer to this question is the reverse battle royal in TNA because it's fucking stupid. Oh, it's fucking so horrible. But that's it. That's I'm not going to elaborate. It's just the reverse battle royal because it's fucking Nate, stupid. Nate, you could have just said TNA. What? You could have just said TNA. We could do a whole show on TNA's bad fucking matches. And you know what that's going to so, be? That's going to be episode 79. Ha ha! But anyway. Nice. All right. Okay. The next question for Kyle is, and this was a topic that we talked about a couple podcasts, a, po- ah, a couple podcasts before that you, you weren't on because you were, I don't know, sleeping. Um... <laughs> Kyle, the most, in your opinion, the most underrated tag team? Mm. 
I'm going to go with. You know what? I know his name is. is uh, his name is not one that you should bring up, but I would, am a big and was a big fan of Benoit and Malenko as a tag team. And ECW or WCW? Both. Right. Yeah, I was a big fan of those two together because you had the ground game of Dean Malenko, the technical. And Benoit had it too, but Benoit was more the high flyer. Yeah. And those two, to me, just they seem like they just matched so well. Oh, they, they were a great tag team. And you can bring up Chris Benoit in here if you want. I mean, well, it's one of those I hate things. People, I hate people that say, oh, I fast forward his matches because I can't watch him. It's like, well, you still listen to Beat It. Yeah. Or you still watch the Cosby show. Or are you still fucking whatever? Chris Benoit was a monster and is a monster, but he still was a great professional wrestler, and the art that he put out there was good. It wasn't even good. It was great. So don't feel shame on liking what he did before all that shit happened. So you're going to go with Malenko and Benoit? Yep. Underrated tag team? Yep. Okay. Nate, do you have anything on that? No, we already talked about it. All right. Um, next question for Kyle. The first match you remember seeing. The first wrestling match you remember seeing. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't remember who it was as far as who he was wrestling against. But I do know the very first wrestling that I ever saw at any point was I saw a match with the Ultimate Warrior with my grandmother. Speak to me, Warrior. <laughs> uh, as many people know, Ultimate Warrior was my grandmother's favorite fucking wrestler. She... 100% believe that it was real. Uh, as people who watch football and are serious about football and scream at the TV, that was my grandmother. And that is a great introduction to wrestling, my friend. Oh, my God. To, she be, to, be, to, to be with someone who is passionate about it. She used to call the ref a dumbass. <laughs> if the heel was pulling the hair of the Ultimate War... I mean, she used to scream and holler. I mean, it was just, it was like, what the hell am I watching? Here is this fucking guy with fucking face paint and tassels. <laughs> That's why I, as a kid, I loved, Aaron will say that, Aaron will agree with this. I loved watching wrestling with our step-grandfather. Our, yeah. our, 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 our stepsister's grandpa. I loved watching it with him because that dude was into it. Like, it was real. Yep. <laughs> and I love to this day, like, watching wrestling with fans and people who, you know, don't really watch it a lot. But, like, like my mother. My mother's a huge Goldberg fan. Always has been. And... Like, for me, it was cool, like, because she hardly ever watches it, but, like, if Goldberg is back and does something, like, I'm like, Mom, check this out. And... Well, you know, who our, you know who our grandma's favorite wrestler of all time is? 
Who's that? Mr. McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Our grandma would be like, what's Mr. McMahon going to do this week? <laughs> That's all she cared about was whatever Mr. McMahon was going to do. <laughs> like, she, I remember. She also would say that Kurt Angle's a good-looking fella. <laughs> I can what? remember Betty Bully saying that a lot of times. <laughs> She'd be like, she wanted to know what Mr. McMahon was up to. And where's she liked Kurt Fabulous Moolah and Mae Young because they're old. <laughs> and then she would be like, Kurt Angle's a good looking guy. Like, I remember, like, with Ric Flair, it was funny. Like, we would watch wrestling, and like, every single time I'm like, Ric Flair would come out, my dad would be like, hey, to my mom, like, there's your husband. <laughs> And she'd be like, ah, that Ric Flair. <laughs> ah, he's just, he's annoying. Ah. Okay. There's. Oh, real quick. Sorry. One other thing. Like, uh, my, no, my parents told me <laughs> a while ago that, uh, like when I was really young and stuff, like they watched wrestling a lot with my grandmother and every time brother love came out, I would get fucking pissed. <laughs> There's something about brother love that would fucking just like my face would get fucking beat red. And I fucking hated brother love. There's three more questions for Kyle. All right, I'm ready. Really long show. The next, question Kyle is you ready yep what is your favorite promotion of all time favorite <sighs> company that's what I'm getting at favorite promotion of all time as much as I am the guy that is the ECW mark or whatever I gotta be honest that I am a huge WCW fan. I, especially in the early 90s, I enjoyed Nitro better because it, you got to see, I don't want to say better matches, but like the undercard was just so much better. Now the, the main event, but the undercard to me was better. Okay. So, you would put WCW over WWF? Yes. Alright. WWF. All right. It's bad if you want to answer that one. We got two more for Kyle. For me, it's WWF. You know that. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. So, I'm down for a minute. Question five for Kyle is, and this is the way I wrote it, Austin or The Rock? Question mark. Mm. I'm going to go with Austin. One one you keep, the other one you shoot into space, and he's (laughs) never heard from again. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin. I'm going to go with Austin. Okay. I like to rock, but 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin professionally and The Rock personally. I've never met both. So all, I know, all, I, all I know is that uh, that Austin did uh, allegedly beat some women. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fine, man. So, no, it's know. not fine. <laughs> it's not fine to beat women. I didn't say it was fine to beat women. <laughs> I'm just... Christ. We should clarify. What? We are not we are not endorsing beating women at all. Mark for edit. <laughs> oh fuck, what has happened? Nate was like tagging out. He was like swooping down, not answering questions. Nate. Rock or Austin? Hey, you told him he could answer if he wanted to. Nate, Rock or Austin? Um, which one am I keeping? Yeah, like, I'm telling you, these guys <laughs> are on the level they're at now. You got to cut one, Rock or Austin. As a promoter, to be honest, I'm cutting Austin. I'm cutting Austin and keeping Rock. And it has nothing to do with a wife beatery, either. Um, It is that, I think that long term, Rock was a bigger... He, Austin was like, like he is the biggest draw in wrestling history. He sold the most merchandise, et cetera, et cetera. But Austin also, I mean, if you look at his his run on top, Austin was hurt a lot. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like if you look at it, he sold a lot of fucking t-shirts, and I'm not denying that. But yeah, Rock but was the Rock was like 20 years. And he was, and he was, he was consistent and he was, he was definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, he was definitely a more fan pleasing entertainer and had a more consistent run at the top. So I'm shooting stone cold into space and keeping the rock. All right. See See you, Austin. Huh? It was me, Austin. Okay. The last question I have for Kyle and Nate, you can answer this too. Is should Coco Beware be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yes. Coco? Should Coco Beware be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Because every time you bitch about somebody being in that fucking god-awful, stupid Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame or any Hall of Fame, people go, what about J- James Dudley or Coco Beware? They always bitch about those two. It's like, you know what, motherfucker? James Dudley was a WWE employee, or was a WWF employee, or WWWF employee 
and Coco Beware was a goddamn good hand and made a lot of people look good, so why shouldn't he be in the fucking Hall of Fame? Exactly. Or then they'll be like, well, it's like, shut the fuck up. The WWF Hall, the WWE Hall of Fame is cool. The only people that should not be in the WWE Hall of Fame is Drew Carey, Kid Rock, Donald Trump, and any other... Is Arnold Schwarzenegger in the fucking Hall of Fame? Probably. Well, fuck him, too. He doesn't... Fuck the celebrity wing. Unless they've had something directly involved in pro wrestling. Like, I'm alright with Cyndi Lauper. I will say this. Yes. Coco Beware should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Because... He made a bunch of people. He was a good wrestler. A good hand. A loyal soldier. I don't ever recall seeing a bad Coco Beware match. I've seen short Coco Beware matches that were passable, but I don't recall ever seeing a shitty Coco Beware match. And, and, you, you're, from worker and charisma standpoint, Coco Beware should be in the Hall of Fame just like fucking Tito Santana should be in the Hall of Fame. They're both great workers. They were a big part of the show. Yes. Yes, they should be in the Hall of Fame. Coco should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. But. I'm glad that you both said with me. But. I'm going to put a but in there. He had a big but. That was fine. As Aziz Ansari would say, a but. I'm going to put this in there. It is a shame that Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame before Bam Bam Bigelow. It is. But like, like there's silly, there's silly little things like that. You know uh, what I mean? Like there's stupid little things like that where you're like, uh, yes, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame, but why the fuck isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame? All I will say is that at least Coco Beware was a pro wrestler. Drew Carey is in the fucking Hall of Fame, and Bam Bam's not. Right. Yeah, it's time around for a minute. All right, Aaron, these are your six fucking questions for me. Okay. Got a pick. Oh. 1998 to 1997 or 90 or 90. Oh. You fucked no it up. Sorry. I fucked it up. I've got a pick. Start from there. I've got a pick. You you got a pick. Nineteen eighty-eight and nineteen eighty-nine or nineteen ninety-six and nineteen ninety-seven. WWF. WWF. Or the, the entire year. 
four. Really? Yes. Why is that? Because because as a if I'm if I'm going back. Now, now did I stumble over my words when no. I said it? No, you said I have to pick eighty eight, eighty nine, right? Yeah. Or eighty eight and eighty nine. Or ninety six and ninety seven. Yeah. Ninety six and ninety seven. No question. It was that was the most exciting as much of a wrestling fan as I was before then. Ninety six, ninety seven, WWF is the most exciting time in the history of wrestling for me. As a fan. I fucking love. Like, that is the time like if you told me WWE Network is gonna have the entire run of Raw and the pay-per-views and any shows available to you, period, in our library to watch. House shows, Raw, SmackDown, there was no SmackDown, but Superstars, yeah. Livewire, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to say, you've only got two years to pick, brother, what are you going to pay your nine ninety nine for? 96 is my pick, hands down, end of story. See, I that agree is my favorite, with it. That is my favorite time in wrestling. I agree with it, but I also will say not that, that 80, I love... Not that 88 and 89 weren't fucking fantastic. I'm not saying that. 88 and 89. But you made me pick Satan, and I picked. <laughs> and why I agree with it is... And why I picked those years is... You look at wrestling, you look at it this way. When I was a kid, like when I was like a little baby, like, eh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I'm stupid and shit, you know? It's like 88. How do, how do I want to say this? Like, Hulkamania started in like. 84, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was born in 83. Right. So from like 83 to like 89, I knew nothing. When you're in that age frame, you're a stupid idiot. You don't fucking know nothing. <laughs> you're just dumb. You're just sitting in a, a fucking cart and you're like, eh, people are going to throw food in my face. Yeah. Like, Hulk Hogan was, like, the first wrestler that I knew. And I loved that guy. And then you got into, like, the other era I asked you with the 95 to 97 or whatever. It was my childhood, and then it was, like, my adulthood. And I'm going to agree with you that the... 96 through 97 is the best. Absolutely. Hands down. As much as I, again, I'm not hating. I mean, I'm not hating and I'm older than Aaron. And obviously you're older than me. Like my first wrestling memory, my first wrestling memory is the year you were born. So, but the, my 96, 97 is my favorite era in wrestling. If I had to pick one that I could, I can only watch the shit from WWF in this era, that's it right there. 
I like 88 and 89, though. Like, WrestleMania 5. It's fun to me. It is. But, 96-97 has better booking. Because there's more to the booking. Okay. And, again, you're putting yourself in your moment in wrestling. And for me, having paid attention in my brain to wrestling since 1983, 96 and 97, man, shit's changing. <laughs> Things are different. And and you're, you're, you're wrapping your brain around a new way of looking at wrestling. And it was it was amazing. Okay. Kyle, what's your answer? I'm probably gonna say <clears throat> in a whole like ninety six, ninety seven as well. How could now, you, how could you not? <laughs> I'm also and because I know Because you that put I, it in a hole. I know that it's gonna be I know it's gonna be kind of like what the fuck, but in the event that everyone else has picked 96, 97, I'm going to go 2002, 2003. I have no idea what happened during there. Uh, I do, and I see what you're saying, because 2002, 2003, Kyle, I see what you mean, because I look at 02 and 03 the way that I look at 93 in the WWE. It was a time of transition. It was a time of transition, but also in 2002, 2003, you had Undertaker as as Booger Red. You had Ric Flair back. You had Shawn Michaels coming back. You had Triple H. You had Brock Lesnar. You had Hogan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you were. It was an, uh, the ushering in of a new era. You're out of the Attitude Era. And you're into this whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> the ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. All right. Nice question. Okay. Is it time for the next question? Ready. Okay. Um, Nate and Kyle, was your least favorite promotion ever? My least favorite promotion ever. Ever. I know my answer. I'm asking you guys. And and we're talking like we're talking like promotion that had some serious exposure, right? Just the worst wrestling promotion you've ever seen. Mainstream wrestling promotion you've ever okay, seen. Okay, you said mainstream because I mean I've seen a lot of shitty indie promotions. Mainstream but... XPW. XPW was pretty bad. That was fucking garbage. Like, you take ECW, which, if you remove it from any era that it actually existed, sucks. And then you make a you make your little shitty version of it. Um, XPW was fucking garbage. The only thing, the only thing that XPW ever had that was worth a fucking penny was the fact that they had New Jack in their promotion for a millisecond. That's it. I love New Jack. Everybody knows I love New Jack. New Jack's a fucking shit. Other than that, XPW is 
wrestling toilet paper. It was garbage. My least wrestling, my least favorite wrestling profession, uh, professional wrestling promotion of all time is AWA. No, XPW is boring. much worse than AWA. It's fine, man. But AWA was boring as fuck. <laughs> I, and the reason I say that is because I can sit down and watch Kurt Angle. I don't consider XPW wrestling I, promotion. I do. It had it had oh. exposure. It had attention. People talked about it. It had merchandise. It was fucking hot garbage. And the reason I say XPW over AWA, because I agree with you, a lot of AWA is fucking boring as shit. But, AWA also was a world-class promotion and has has some things on it other than New Jack that entertain me. Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning. Or, I'm just saying, like, XPW is... Such garbage. Such garbage that I cannot agree that AWA is the worst. Yeah. This is buzzed. <laughs> ADW. My, mine is going to be Shikara. Shikara? Mm-hmm. See... And it's funny too, because I should agree with you, because I don't like a lot of like com- I don't like a lot of unrealistic like you know the <sighs> the ants and some shit like that. But I think the only reason that Shakara kind of rises above XPW for me, and I know I'm, I'm I'm like you guys are both saying promotions like XPW. The reason that I say XPW is the worst and, and over Shakara is I like Shakara because they let that. Fucking the one man gang dance like a team. Well, it's not just that, but there are elements on on a on a non comedic level, Kyle. There are at least elements of Shikara that are lucha, if that makes sense. Like, and, I, I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I mean, there's a lot of shit that Shikara did that was that is fucking silly. Okay, and I get it. You know, they had the fucking hand grenade, and, and you know, that kind of shit, which I fucking hate. I do. I really hate it. I do. But they have a lot of a lot of cool lucha elements, too, that I think that supersedes. And again, like I'm saying with Aaron's AWA analogy, XPW as a whole, as a whole professional wrestling promotion is hot fucking garbage it's terrible i'm sorry guys i got passionate about that but it was no no no, i fucking fucking hate xpw xpw is the worst wrestling promotion in the history of wrestling period i would watch chaotic pro wrestling from fucking california because at least it had something that was of merit other than new jack Okay, well, I'm not going to ask my next question. It was your question. I'm sorry, I got passionate about it. My next question was, what's the worst thing you've ever seen in wrestling? The worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling? XPW. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Okay, 
So you answered that. Mm-hmm. If I, a lot of people sure. say Katie. A lot of people say Katie Vick. No, XPW's worse than that. As and a, yeah, it was. It's, it, guys, it stop! Was, it's bad. Stop! But time, anytime they have a, um, I keep going back to it, but it, it's the it's anytime they do a miscarriage angle, like I don't uh, fucking need to see that. Okay, I'm gonna change my opinion here because XPW. I said that as a joke because I went on my rant before. But Aaron, you and I discussed this a couple of podcasts back. And Kyle, I'm going to get you on board with this. I'm just going to ask my question. Hush, you did, and I'm going to answer it. I have three more questions. That's fine. But your question is what? Your question was what? What is the worst thing in wrestling? Sure. Well, you have the question. Read it. (laughs) I deleted it. Anyway, Aaron's question was, what is the worst thing you've seen in wrestling? And I said X- I said XPW, which was joke, because I just went on a rant about XPW. But really... They deserved it. But really, and I think both of you can agree with this, and anybody listening can agree with this, the worst thing you've ever seen in wrestling is anytime something was a worked... Shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. I just watched an episode of Nitro, just after Vince Russo took over. Buff Bagwell comes out, and he says, I'm not going to do what the guys who are writing this crap tell me to do. And then, after saying the guys who are writing this crap tell me to do creative control comes out and beats him up so in the same segment in the same fucking segment this guy is telling me I'm not going to do anything the guys that are writing this crap tell me to do and then I'm supposed to believe that these two guys beat him up yeah I told you about that do you see the stupid in that that is the stupidest it. fucking shit. Because yeah, you're and you're right because it's, it's so silly because stupid. it's like because it's like hey. everything else you've seen on the right. show is fake and bullshit, but this is real. Yes, fuck that. <laughs> it's so hey. stupid. What? Hey. Who's wrestling's greatest family? Wrestling's greatest family. Yeah. Mm, well, and this is serious, honest to God. This is not even a sarcastic answer. Wrestling, less wrestling. Wrestling's greatest family is the McMahon family. Because whose vision has put more money in more people's pockets than that family? I mean, wrestling's huh. a business, right? Who? Yeah. Who? Who's uh, Walmart's? greatest family the waltons they've put the most money in people's fucking you know who's retail's greatest family the waltons they've put more money in people's pockets than anybody so yes the mcmahons i'm gonna go with the guerreros well you're wrong kyle it's the mcmahons (laughs) 
<laughs> so now let's go on to my next question. I think Who Aaron's you... checked out. I haven't checked out. I was just telling you you're wrong, man. This is the McMahon's in the wrestling business. Um, the next question is who would you consider the greatest champion ever? Not personal favorite or, or preference. Who is the greatest champion of all time? I can tell you my answer. Do you want to know my answer? Not before mine. You're asking me. Yeah, not before mine. The greatest champion of all time. Like, I'm not talking about your question, the way that I'm reading your question. I'm not talking about how much money he made. No, I'm talking about... I'm not talking about how many t-shirts he sold. Oh, no. The guy That's that... Not, the no, guy, no, no, no. No, 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 no. But don't I'm fucking add talking. A's and B's and shit to your question. Oh, no. I'm and I'm stopping you because you said not how many t-shirts he sold, not how many whatever he sold. I'm saying it's the other way. How many right. t-shirts did he sell? How many whatever did he sell? Not your personal preference. This guy is the greatest champion of all time because of how many t-shirts he sold and how many whatever he sold and whatever he did in the business. I mean, if I'm talking about a guy that held a championship belt in his hand... Or on his waist, or on his shoulder. <clears throat> it's hard to pick, and it's a tie. And I'm gonna, you know, you're asking me the question, so this is my answer. There are three guys that hold a tie. There's no tie. I mean, oh. it's my answer. Okay. So if I'm talking about guys, who are the great? Who's the greatest champion ever? Hulk so, Hogan. He's on. He's yeah. on. He's he's there. If you don't say Hulk Hogan, you're wrong. No, I'm not. Because yeah, yeah. your question was not. <laughs> now hold on. It's Hulk Hogan, it's Ric Flair, and it's Luthez. Because you didn't ask me which champion which champion put the asses in the most seats. Because I look at champions in different ways. Like, Ric Flair held that title, and it meant something like this. And Hulk Hogan held this title, and it meant something like this. But Lou fucking Thez before any of us even knew what a fucking wrestling champion were. I mean, who are we to say? But when people from, like, old fucks talk to me about wrestling champions, they talk to me about Luthez. So, it's Luthez, it's Hulk Hogan, it's Ric Flair. For me. 
You ask me the question, that's my answer. Okay. And Kyle hits his vape. <laughs> I do. It's getting deep. <clears throat> but that's my answer. It says Hogan Flair. Because I don't, I, I don't have a way personally to divide them. I, I, you know? Like, okay, to well, me... I have... Don't get impatient. <laughs> you asked the question, you got an answer. I I'll give it, it to you. the goddamn question then. What? Jesus Christ! What's he got to do with it? Well, apparently, he fills up the air. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I agree with you, D. I think that you're right on the money. I mean, if I had to Aaron. pick a clear, Aaron, cut it's a hard in, question to answer. If I, Just like that. To me, if I had to pick a clear cut, like first person, it would be Hulk Hogan because of the fact that he was the guy that, like, the WWF was built on. Okay, but. Like WrestleMania. But, no, I agree. I but, agree with you. I'm just saying. Rick Flair, if I'm looking at it as Ric Flair, I mean, Hulk Hogan, yes, 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 yes. I, the greatest goddamn world champion of all time is Hulk Hogan. But you asked me the question. Well, I have one more question I'm going to ask. All right. <laughs> you better report it when I ask this question. <laughs> and then when I turn it off, he's yelling, dumb as fuck. <laughs> I love this fucking show. Okay, go. <laughs> Are you recording? I, I never stop recording, my brother. <laughs> okay. This is the last question I have. <laughs> and it's for Nate Maxson. He's here. Present. All right. You ready? <laughs> ready. And you have to give an answer to this question. Jesus Christ, you called us out longer than <laughs> Shut up, part-time. <laughs> you don't fucking matter. All right, Aaron, your last question to me. On this on. fucking fantastic... You know what? A lot of the guys that listen to this show, especially a lot of the people that have recently... Um, joined on to the cult of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, say they love the length of the show because it is, you know, it's something they listen to at work. Like, for a long time, I was like, oh. Earthy. So, hey, this is a long show? Good. It's for our listeners. You guys, exactly. whole fucking work shift. <laughs> I, I know the feeling, guys. I'm right there with you. So, my brother... What is your last Hold question down. to me? I'm uh, I'll tell you in a minute. Oh. Well, you were just complaining that we were rambling on, and now you're making me wait. It was super long. 
Okay. okay. <clears throat> What's the one thing, Nate? Are you listening? What is the one thing positive that you can say about Ronnie Garvin? Oh, fuck. Um. Do you, do you need me to ask you again? No. He's got a mother and a father. <laughs> nice people, I, I guess. I, I didn't ask Kyle. I asked Nate. There has to be a backstory here for new listeners that haven't listened to the whole library of the show yet. I fucking hate Ronnie Garvin. He's like one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. I know a lot of people like him, but you know what? They're just misguided. Um, A positive thing I can say about Ronnie Garvin is he did have a decent feud with Randy Savage in ICW. Alright. That's it. Other than that, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I'm not trying to be mean to the person, Ronnie Garvin, but as a professional wrestler, not a fucking fan. The guy didn't do anything for me (laughs) at all. At all. Ever. Um, and I, I think David Arquette was a better world champion than <laughs> Ronnie Garvin. Um, at least David Arquette had people talking. I don't know. I just, but yeah, I mean, his his feud with Savage and ICW is good. It's decent. And I'm glad people like him or whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it. Like. Yeah. Take your take your trucker hat and move along, Ronnie. Bye bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with that uh-huh. being with that being said, unless you two have anything else for this long ass episode of the show, which quite frankly has been great. I love you guys. This is a great podcast, and I'm glad that I have the best two podcast co-hosts a guy could possibly fucking have. I love this show. I love this show, and I love doing this show, and I love doing it with you, too. We love doing it with you. (laughs) What are you laughing about? (laughs) I'm not going to say what he just said. Oh, okay. well, I love doing it with you too. <laughs> there you go. I love doing this show. It's great. <laughs> I'm not saying what you people said. Uh, I'm not saying it. But our next show is going to be fun. And I'm going to have to text Aaron the details. The Deets. Uh, the Deets. But it is, it is going to be... And I'll say a lot of stuff. In, but... the, in the honor of WWE's current shitty draft that they're doing, with shitty rules, it's stupid. Uh, How the fuck do they draft people that are already on the show? <laughs> well, that and... Eh, Fox gets a draft. Yeah.
Wait a minute, I tell you. You ain't heard nothing. You want to hear nothing? We don't like this tag team. We'll just break him up. <laughs> We're going to do our own draft. We're going to start a wrestling promotion from scratch. And it's okay. going to be a wrestling promotion that is an all-time wrestling promotion. Because we're going to be able to pick people from any era. I mean, we're going to go all the way back to Hackenschmidt, all the way up to The Fiend. We're going to pick our top 20 draft picks. And in those top 20 draft picks, we are also going to pick who would be our first world champion and who would be our first tag team champions. It's that simple. You have all of time in professional wrestling to pick from. You got to pick 20 guys to start and a world champion and some tag team champions. I think it'll be a good show. Yeah, that is actually, uh, it's fucking weird. It's actually mine is going to be Brutus Beefcake as the world champion and the tag team champions. Both of them. Hashtag beefcake. Hashtag beefcake. And he could, be the, he could be the tag champions. Yes, no, who knows where these two personalities of beefcake will go. Fuck it off. <laughs> well, I'm playing Tootsie right now. Aaron, well, guys, it's been fun. Aaron. Say goodbye to your fans, to your listeners. If he's talking about fucking British beefcake and goddamn... (laughs) Fuck off. That was a good goodbye, Aaron. (laughs) Kyle, joining us this time around. We have enjoyed it. Say goodbye to your listeners. Bye, listeners. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And don't forget to join our Facebook group and join the fun. Participate in the show. I think Aaron just passed out and hit the table. Tootsmond with Tootsie said goodbye. Aaron said goodbye. Kyle said goodbye. And this is Nate saying goodbye to our listeners. We'll see you next week on the best fucking pro wrestling podcast you can listen to the we can't wrestle podcast thank you guys we'll see you next week can we get somebody to check on Aaron I think he's dead ha he did goodbye bye bye Tizzy Hey! 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 Hey!